an American car company decides to race at Le Mans. A hitman looks back at his life. A young Nazi reevaluates his beliefs. A mentally ill clown turns supervillain. Four sisters come of age in Civil War era Massachusetts. An actor and a director divorce. Two soldiers go on a mission. A TV, a TV cowboy, his stuntman, and a starlet stories interconnect in 1969 Los Angeles. And a low-income family infiltrates the upper, upper class. This time on a very special, the Oscar should go to 2019. And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... And the Oscar goes to... You okay? This is why we shouldn't do a margarita before the podcast, (laughs) only during it. Well, we are celebrating. We're celebrating. Because my dog, while still a cancer patient... Yes. The cancer has not spread to other organs in her body. Yes. And... uh, For those of you listening to the podcast, you've heard um, our dear sweet scout... Oh, I was going to say, she really is like Click clacking around. She's basically the the third third host. host. Yeah. She's in every episode in some annoying way or another. Yeah, she's had a health scare recently. She a has bit a, of one. She has a tumor, but you had an ultrasound done today, mm-hmm. um, and it has not spread. I didn't go because... Um, too much. It's too much for me. Yeah. And the last time, when, I, when we went on Monday to meet the surgeon, right. I got a little chippy with the surgeon. Yeah. And Maddie had to tell me to cool it. Well, here's what I'll say. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's bring him in because he deserves to like talk was, about this also. I, I was brought into this. As Sorry. always, for our <laughs> Oscar podcast for the year, we are joined by my good friend and Megan's life partner, husband, <laughs> Maddie Smith. Hey guys. Um <laughs> hey so guys. no, just to, no, I just in terms of getting chippy, I think the moment that stood out to me was um like that we were we were hoping for like so, like this week for getting this tumor removed because right just, you know, it is a gr- I want to I want to be clear it is also gross well, the a may, gross the dog, bleeding tumor the dog yeah there's have, blood all over the, the dog house. may have eaten part of the tumor yeah. so the, really, also the dog um, ate part of the it looks tumor looks kind of like yeah. chicken like after you've eaten like chicken yeah or like you cooked it um, and it wasn't it didn't get cooked all yeah. the way through um but anyway but uh so the guy the doctor though he he just said like we're like when when can you do it we're hoping for like tomorrow or Wednesday to be the answer and he says February tenth. And Megan just loudly goes, ah, <laughs> very pointedly, very, you know, not to get into the movies, but Joker-esque in a way. <laughs> um, but definitely was the moment. Like, and then she, she had to hand it, the doctor a card yeah. saying, I'm sorry, this is a medical condition. <laughs> oh, yes. um, but the surgeon definitely Being like, a bitch is a medical condition. He definitely stopped for a moment. And then just continued. Yes, he didn't. <laughs> he didn't like, make a comment like, oh, on it, and I didn't either. It was not a real laugh. It no, was, right. Uh, um, it had a yeah. It had a point to it. Well, um, he sucked, and <laughs> I hate him with every fiber of my. Now being. he's probably he's listening nice. to this. <laughs> <laughs> but bitch, if he is, I got news for you. We're going to a specialist. Well, we're meeting with the specialist tomorrow. We'll okay, see. we're meeting with we'll the specialist see how, tomorrow. Go, how it goes with you and yeah. him. This has this, been this dog cancer talk. Tomorrow. The specialist is going to be like March twenty fourth. <laughs> I'm like, who are you? I'm trying to do my headshots. Hey, <laughs> that's an LA joke about actors. Actors, you really got to. Yeah, you would have to be. You got to book it. Yeah, real in advance. Um, anyway, so we were celebrating, and now, and so now we're feeling pretty, pretty loose. Yeah, 
We've um, we switched to beer. Mm. So well, because we'll Maddie's the beer guy. Do yeah. You, well, you can plug this. He's a beer man. Big beer guy. I'll plug it at the end. I'll leave him. There's, there's leave a, him there's one a, more. There's a plug comment at the end. Guys, come back at the end of don't, who knows? Maybe the second part. We'll see how long this goes. Yeah. Hmm. Um, is that it? Is there anything else new going on? Um, I joined SAG. Craig joined SAG. Craig, which is fantastic. Which so is a moment. I don't know. You know, people don't know. Um, but the, the most important thing in regards to this podcast is that I will be a SAG voter next year. So I will um, really take the reins. <laughs> Although SAG made a good choice. I would say that they're, I mean, we'll get into it, obviously, but I like That's that spoiled. Parasite Best Ensemble choice. As a member of SAG yes. and for somebody that did not vote for Parasite Best Ensemble. What? Um, so sorry. I would just like what? to welcome you. Welcome. I'm going to. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I hit the mic. I want everybody to know that we're joined hands, Craig and I. Thank you, sister. And I just welcome you to the union. Union strong. Yeah. Solidarity. Mm-hmm. Um, should we just jump into this, Let's baby? Let's do it. I'm so ready. we're going to go through this alphabetically oh. um, based on the Oscars. So I personally alphabetize, when I alphabetize my many, many, many DVDs, I do numerical films first. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give the, the listeners, I almost said the viewers, just like, have we talked about what your house looks like? So the living room of my house, there I built a shelving unit that goes entirely around the living room um, and then is doubled in a certain area uh, with my DVDs, which are between sixteen and 1,700 DVDs. It's a lot of them. It's a lot. So, um, and I do numerical first. The Academy, however, does this oh, like alphabetically. Okay. So 1917 falls N. under N. So oh, we wow. will do it as the Academy does it today, okay, okay. Um, which means we're starting. I won't start with 1917. Don't start with, with Ford v Ferrari. Wow, that's the first. Wow, that's the, the first, first one. one. Or for our international, no A's for our, or A's or E's. For our international viewers, Le Mans 66. Wait, is that true? Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, what a name. What, cooler name. It is a, yeah, it is a cooler it's name. A better name. Um, which we will also get into. I feel like with the second. Anything French is like cooler. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say. Um, what a what an anticlimactic way to start this podcast. Well, I was gonna say this is the kind of movie. Every year, there's movies like this that I like see coming out, and I'm like, I know it's gonna be nominated for things. And then I watch it, and I'm like, whoa, that's entertaining. Like that's actually entertaining. Like I'm actually like, oh, it's not as bad as boring and as nothing as I thought yeah. it was, but at yeah. the same time, it kind of is. In that yeah. I, mean, I want to sort of put a caveat on all my opinions tonight mm-hmm. and point out that I've seen all these movies at least twice. Mm-hmm. I always try and watch the best picture movies uh, multiple times before the Oscars uh, because for me, and I f- understand most people don't have the time or luxury to do such a thing. Um, or they like just have lead cooler they, lives. Yes, yeah, they live cooler lives yeah. than me. Um, Let's not let make it sound like your life is no, no, no. Right. I'm not. I'm not trying. I'm not hey, trying to. Hey, act. SAG. Hey, SAG member. Join yeah. SAG, and all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, ooh, I have the time and the luxury. Um, I, uh, I feel like for me, and I feel like it's part of this podcast, particularly with some of like the 2000s that we've done, where we had seen movies before. When you go back and revisit a movie, even if it's sort of recent. There's certain things that are like, oh, I, I enjoyed that more the second time, or oh, this movie doesn't really hold up on a rewatch. Correct. Which is so, what the whole podcast, this whole podcast is about. Exactly. But we're just doing it. However, quickly for this. Speaking of that, like I think there's one, there's particularly one movie that we're going to talk about that I feel like if you see once, 
it may be much higher on your list than if you watch it multiple times, and we'll get to that. Oh. Um, mm. But that being said, um, <laughs> Ford vs. Ferrari, I actually enjoyed more the second time. Oh. I, okay. I kind of, I, I still don't think it's really, it's weird, because I can see why it's a classic Oscar movie in mm-hmm. terms of like a, like maybe like way back like sixties or a lot of white people. You know, like oh it's a movie it's a movie star movie. It's a sort of biopic. It's um I mean, there's almost things in common with like your stereotypical like war movie in that it's like the US versus foreign powers. Um so but I don't think it's very much a modern Oscar movie and terms of like even watching it now I wouldn't be like that's one of the 10 best movies of the year because it's not um but I did like it quite a bit more the second time and I think it's just because it was like oh it's fun to watch Christian Bale and Matt Damon like play these characters in this movie and vroom vroom cars go fast and the editing's good and quick cue quick cue is that his real accent Christian Bale well, he's is we- he Bert he, the chimney sweep from Mary Poppins? He, <laughs> he's Welsh. Okay. okay. So I don't think it's his born accent, but it is pretty close to what his accent has been within recent years uh-huh. when he's done like award speeches okay. and stuff. So I okay. think he basically has adopted. It just almost feels cockney. very. It yeah. feels extremely heavy, and then added to that fact, there were I I recall I was doing a puzzle. Full disclosure. I watched this movie with my family over Christmas, and I was doing a puzzle at the same time. So I was paying Do you attention. want to tell us uh, about the puzzle? Well, it was uh, all a bunch of beers. Remember? It was a bunch of beers. a bunch of beers. It took, it was mostly just Maddie and I, and it took like four days. Three days? I mean, not nonstop. We, yeah. We did. Sitting on it, the so table it wasn't like 96 hours. Yeah, <laughs> it was like it was, 1,500 yeah. pieces, though. It was fun. Yeah. Guys, it was great. I'll, I'll post a picture of it. But here is my comment. Uh... I, I felt like they said several times, not only was his accent like very heavy, but several right. times they, he'd be like, hey, you, you want a spot of tea? Like, I, I can't do anything to have my tea. And I was like, I feel like now they're just fucking with us. It I feel like, like it was Christian. They all had like his most charming he's been in a long time. Sure. Like his scenes, particularly with his wife. Yes. Who I love that. How do you say her name? Katroina Balfi? I'm not sure. I've seen her naked a lot. On Outlander. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Porn for women. Yeah. Hot tip. Um, they have such a fun interplay between the two of them that I'm like, why don't, like, why doesn't Christian Bale ever do stuff like this? Like, yeah. he's charming. Yeah. And we don't get to ever see him that way because usually he's lost 100 pounds or gained 100 pounds or yeah. whatever. Or has a mask roles. on or whatever the fuck. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. He, they, they were very charming and, and he has chemistry with, uh, Matt Damon. I mean, he yeah. is an interesting guy in real life, but I do think he could have a chemistry with a fucking chair. I mm-hmm. think he is an interesting, an interesting actor and yeah. it's, it's not a not interesting movie. It just, especially in comparison to some of the other things that are nominated. Sure. And I want to say this from, the, from the top, I liked, and it's, this has been an interesting year. Yeah. And we can talk more about that, but I, I, I liked all of these movies. There's not, there's not a, there's not a Bohemian Rhapsody. There's no Bohemian Rhapsody in the bunch. There's no movie where I'm like, how the fuck did that get nominated? This is ridiculous. Right. Um, but this for me is just like, it's a, it was an enjoyable, especially with my family because there was no like sex. Right. Uh, it was a, it was a very easy movie to watch. Um, but it just, I didn't think about it after it ended. 
Sure. This uh, I run a me and my friend Rusty do a Oscar or an awards season yes. sort of lead I did that it you one did time. one time and then you're like too much. Uh, but we basically do like 18 different awards and so we much. keep the points the whole time. Um, Ford versus Ferrari, I can tell you, of the best picture nominees, basically, I think it's like there's 20 people that do this. Basically, everybody else picked the other eight movies. Yeah. And Ford versus Ferrari was on some people's list. What we also do is everyone lists 10 movies and then they asterisk the ones they definitely think are going to be nominated. And a lot of people had Ford versus Ferrari, but it was the one that people didn't really asterisk. Yeah. So people were like, there's going to be eight nominees or there's going to be nine, but Ford versus Ferrari was their 10th that they didn't put it on. So this, I feel like, was the was very clearly, at least in most people's minds, the ninth movie. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is yeah, but for me it's the ninth movie too. And and I and yeah, it's a great listen. If you are with, like your home visiting family or if you're my parents um and you're like, "Why don't we watch on on demand or whatever?" Yeah. This is it's it's going to entertain you for 2 plus hours. Or if you're a real gearhead. Or yeah. If you're a if real you're really, gearhead. I mean, it kind of really, got you it kind of got a lot of scenes of like, I mean, the story is interesting. Small details of cars. Yeah. It got labeled early on as a dad movie, which mm-hmm. is sort of what it is. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that, again, like I said, I enjoyed it a lot more actually on the second viewing, but it is sort of wild to, for those of you who are unaware, currently with the Academy's newest between five and 10 nominees to get nominated for best picture, you have to receive at least 5% of the first place vote. And it's wild to me that 5% of the Academy thought this was the very best movie of the year. Now I'm going to tell you a quick story about my Uncle Tim. Because when I say I was doing a puzzle and I watched it with my family on vacation, one of those family members was my Uncle Tim. Yeah. My Uncle Tim um, is a fifty mid-50s gay man who works in advertising and lives here in Los Angeles. Yeah. And um, he is my favorite person in my entire family. So we're watching the movie, and about midway through, he... Leans over. He also is very vocal watching movies. Yeah. He just does a lot of oh, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. D- oh, he loves his son. He loves his son, like that sort of stuff. Right. So he says he leans over to me and he goes, a "Little slow in the middle here, huh, Meg?" Okay. That was the that was the yeah. one of the first comments that he made. And then he was quiet for the rest of the movie. And then the movie ended, and he goes, "Well, I think that was the best movie I've seen this year." Wow. So my Uncle Tim... Not really the target audience. No, not at all. Yeah. What does that mean? What do you think? What's your, what was your take on that, Maddie? I don't know. I feel like Tim's very much the target audience of that movie. He's like a, he's like a kind of buff... He was in the Navy. Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> he's kind of like a... Come on, he enjoy li- he your likes, fellow man. He, he played football. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's a... Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was a, funny that he said... I just think... I think... I guess maybe the thing that was interesting to me was that he was like, it kind of drags, and isn't it kind of dragging for you? Yeah. And then he was like, well, I think well that's like, one of the best movies. And I'm like, that's such the trick of that type of movie, yeah. is it doesn't really stay with you, but the the they know what they're doing, and they know how to nail, and, and spoiler alert, the ending is emotional, and they yeah. know how to nail the ending. I think we should say... Uh, it's a James Mangold movie, right? Yeah. Like, and, I, think, I think it's very much his, his wheelhouse, and I think part of what, like, saved the movie for Tim is like, because... Later on, they start actually racing, and you see those racing, and he's a very good director at, yeah. like, I think James Mangold is, like... in a certain specific... Any movie that James way. Mangold directs is going to be somewhere between the 15th and 30th best movie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's 
spot. It's going to be very competent. Which is like, it's yeah. definitely worth, it's definitely done. worth like seeing very, yeah. anything he makes. Mm-hmm. He's a very competent director. Mm-hmm. It's probably never, it's never going to be the best movie of the year. But like Logan was good. I actually thought The Wolverine was very I good the until Wolverine, the very I was end. Say, I think The Wolverine is my favorite. Walk the, looking back on yeah. all the Walk the Line oh, is yeah. a good film. 310 to Yuma is fantastic. Yeah, great. Well, 310 to Yuma. I Megan and yeah. I saw 310 to that. Yuma together Did in we? a theater oh, really? in New York City. Oh, I saw it yeah. alone. No recollection of I that. saw it alone in AMC back in the days when I used to. Like they give you free refills on popcorn. And my first roommate that I moved to LA named Phil, I didn't know him before I moved in. I found him on Craigslist. He taught me a trick. Where when you get the refill for the large, they don't fill the bag you have. They just give you a new bag. So what you can do is you go find an old, large, empty popcorn bag this in the is, trash. I, you know what? I'm actually going to ask you to the, stop. You go to the front, the AZ, say, I need my refill, yeah. and they give you a new I'm one. I'm actually going to ask you to stop, because that's the saddest thing I've ever heard. I was just out of college. I was rooting through trash. Mm-hmm. I was getting my free popcorn. Cool, cool, cool. Free popcorn for lunch. Well, popcorn, if there's one thing Maddie's good at, it? it's rooting through trash, because he ended up with my gun. <laughs> I feel like my, listen. I'm not the one that saw the fucking movie alone. I was gonna say, at least I had. Listen, there's this nothing idea wrong with here. seeing movies eat alone. God. I saw 150 movies this year, and probably 147 of them were alone. I don't do anything alone um, anymore. Wow, I saw a couple of the my top movies alone. Um, but I was gonna say also my my whole thing with like this movie was like I think it's like well done, but I think I couldn't. Ultimately, the investment was hard for me. Like I think like car companies, especially in the U.S., I guess ever in Europe. Like, we give them a little more of, like, a romantic, like, quality to them, like Ford and Ferrari. Yeah. Right. But ultimately, like, if there was a movie that was called, like, <laughs> Pepsi versus Coke or, like, General Mills versus Kellogg's or yeah. something. And, like, those are the... And I remember even in the movie, like, Ford's in it. Yeah. Or son of Henry Ford. I don't right. know his name. Henry Ford the second. Ford. Yeah. 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 Um, and he's kind of a dick. And like he's like you gotta you gotta race you gotta win the race or whatever the thing is. Um, <laughs> I believe that's an actual quote. And ultimately, yeah, while it does do a little bit of like obviously like yeah, Matt Damon wants to do well, kind of for his job though. Christian Bale's like a race car driver, so he wants to win, and it has like pers- a little bit of personal stakes there. I think ultimately, like at the core of like, oh, why is this important? And it's like, oh, because like the Ford Motor Company wants to beat yeah. the Ferrari. Well, again, yeah. it's that whole thing of like American innovation, yeah. which is a, it, is I, charming. Is it becomes the the <laughs> the longer this fucking country stays around, the less and less charming. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's that becomes. type of movie of like the American versus like the foreigners is just getting tired now. Sure. It's like hard, it's like hard to not read it in like context of like we're in twenty nineteen and yeah, and I just don't like. I'm like it doesn't. I'm not excited at the idea of Ford winning. Obviously, at the end, I wanted Christian Bale, yeah, to win that race, but. Uh, I just was like, I don't, like, it doesn't show anything about America. It doesn't, like, it's not like right. it's a victory over. Yeah. Because ultimately, also, even, like, when you distill it, like, it's not like certain other movies where it is, like, oh, like, American know-how or a certain way change things. It was, like, or like, oh, like miracle, a guy, which a guy is, who's smart fixing a car yeah, did this. Right. Or, or Miracle, which is or a sports story. And, yeah, yeah. Well, but, but also, like, there's something inherent about a sports story because it's really, it's, I don't know. But, I don't even, know. but Miracle had all the underdogs. It had yeah. like the Soviets were like insane, yeah, right. like and were expected right. to beat them and were professionals. Yeah, right. and it's hard. Professional There's, hockey players playing Ford's not kids. Ford's not an underdog. He invent you know what yeah, I mean? It's like, that, like a, it's, it's a multi billion like dollar company in America. Like yeah. and it's yeah. and what you have to do is build a good car, which obviously you know like you have to be smart and stuff like that. But it's not like a passion and entered, is really what's yeah, going to pull you through. Yeah, he entered Le Mans because. They insulted him because right. he was pissed. He yeah. didn't give a shit. And, I mean, and then sh- they, he, they were a dick. So, like, it's all yeah. brisk and breezy, and James Mangold's a good director. And they do tell and, us, you know, at but, the end that, like, they won four straight, and then 
Americans never want to get. It's like we sent somebody to the moon, and yeah. then we all got bored. Well, that's like I think like that's I think that's how like I'm not sure. I think the Late Shift. That you remember that movie that they made about like David Letterman, Letterman versus Jay Leno? Yeah. yeah. And like I remember the end was kind of triumphant because it was kind of pro Letterman because he got screwed over. And it was like Letterman beat Jay Leno in the ratings. Dot dot dot. Like until then, and then it was just Jay Leno won for the rest of like the yeah. next thirty yeah. years. Yeah. Then like, twenty five years later, yeah. Colbert beat Fallon. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like yeah. Um, so it so it. So, but I think it's still like, like it's worth watching. It's like a breezy, enjoyable yeah. movie. Yeah. Um, we're not going to spoil Ford vs. Ferrari much, but I will say that we probably may do spoilers on this pod. So if you haven't seen all the movies, I don't know, skip like 10 minutes if we get to a movie and you're worried about us yeah. spoiling it. And or watch fun. the, or, if or says, watch, watch the fucking movie. Listen, listen, it's an Why Oscar pod. Why are you listening to this if you haven't seen the movies? They're all out. They've all been out. I'll tell you what, six of these movies are streaming now. So you have no excuse. Only three of them have not been available at home for you. Ford vs. Ferrari. Do not shame our listeners. As of two days ago was available, and the other five had been available. Don't shame them for not. Throw down some dollars. Throw down some money. Use that Apple Pay. Listen. (laughs) You're not not paying us anything. Give money to these filmmakers. We're not making any money off these movies, guys. Should we move along? Speaking of SAG, I got a check today in the mail. Oh, yeah? Well, I got a check, and I got a check yesterday, too. Just I, I, This is just something for you to be looking forward to. The check yesterday. Well, the check today was for 87 cents. Damn. Actually, I as the one who, it was, I think, believe it's 82 cents. Okay, 82 cents. Okay. Check that I deposited yesterday was for 7 cents. Damn, 89 cents total. It's less the po- cost of por- postage. Hollywood, baby. I mean, yeah, it's wild to me. Anyway, that's all. That's Congrats, another congratulations. Real, real, I mean, listen, brag. I'll have no problem well, paying for my brag. dog's cancer <laughs> with that. Our I'm sec- sorry. On to the next. Our second movie, The Irishman. Oh, Craig loves The Irishman. I love The Irishman. Oh, the Irishman. Um, I will say, my biggest regret with The Irishman mm-hmm. is I think they should have called it "I Heard You Paint Houses." Oh, for sure. That Which I feel so like Scorsese in the opening credits basically is like, I wanted to call it this and I mm. couldn't. Wait, what's is there a story behind it? Because it says The Irishman and then it does I Heard You Paint Houses in like a oh, three yeah. title card yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, here's a, I, don't I just ha- think that's a better title. I, I completely agree with you. I completely agree. I'm going to say what I have to say about The Irishman and then I'll let you talk because whatever. My take on the Irishman is this, and I and I love Scorsese. When we did our top ten of the decade, Silence was in there, and and I think Goodfellas is one of my is one of the best. Yeah. Um, I like this movie. It's super well made. Yep. It was entertaining, especially for a movie that's over three hours long. I was yep. like, it pretty much kept my attention. Right. I just feel like it, sort of in the same vein of Ford versus Ferrari, it just didn't do anything uh, to me. It just mm-hmm. didn't. Uh, it didn't revolutionize anything for me. I just was like, I, I, I like it. It's right. a mob movie. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this movie before from Scorsese even. Sure. But it was a little, but it, you know, the dividends are decreasing. What am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm with your financial 
What, what do you? What do you? When the the people dividend. Say, you know what no, they. You know how people like say the dividends no, are decreasing. No, they don't say that. The the, the returns. The de- like decreasing utility. De- decreasing yeah. returns. Sure. Right. Supply and demand. That's a thing. No, don't just say things at me like that. Keynesian economics. <laughs> yes. Anyway, I like this movie more As when it's John called Smith Goodfellas. would say. <laughs> but fine. But great. Also, CGI De Niro very distracting to me. Sure. Didn't understand why they did that, but I mean, I guess I do, but I don't really. Anyway, sorry, that's all I have to say about The Irishman. It is what it is. Go ahead. Should I go? Yeah. I, liked it. I liked it a lot. I do feel, though, that this movie was set up in so many ways to be like my move, my like pretentious old movies used to be better kind of guy, like uh-huh. <laughs> kind of movie. And it didn't quite hit in the way that I was hoping for it to. Um, I think it does a lot of great things. Um, I do think it's just very long. Um, I think that length is a problem when you've seen Goodfellas. Cause I sure. do think it, I think it just like, it has certain aspects of Scorsese movies that right. are not as fresh now as they were then. And I think that holds it back. I do think it's still very good. I liked it a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it just didn't like, it wasn't, I honestly was like, Oh, this is going to be maybe my favorite movie. And it just was not right. Um, and I, and I, I think it lacked a little bit of the fun of, of a Goodfellas or of a better Scorsese movie. Like even, even in like Raging Bull, like there's, there's a playfulness to it that kind of like, isn't like comedy, but it just is like a bouncy movement and a, and a lightness that like shows through in certain scenes. And it just didn't have as much of that. Um, and I was, and I was left like, I don't know, just throughout a lot of it too. I think it comes together towards the end. Yeah. Like I think I think it has definitely like the last hour is the best hour of it, right. which is rare for a lot of movies. Sure. But at the same time, I think there was a stretch during the middle, especially when we're seeing is his name Jimmy? What's his Jimmy the Irishman? What's his name? The Irishman. Frank. Frank <laughs> Sheehan. Frankie Frankie the Irishman. <laughs> we're seeing him and I just wasn't quite sure what Not I was. Not quite as Irish what, as my father, Michael Patrick Murphy. Wow. Wow. It's pretty fucking Irish. Yeah. Um, my grandfather was Thomas Cyril McTighe. All right, this is not a pissing um, contest. But uh, but it just kind of Irish. there was kind of like a stretch where I just wasn't sure what I was looking for, like what I what I wanted, like what I was supposed to be excited by. Like he's working with Jimmy Hoffa, and I was like, oh, what is he getting to? And I think in the last hour, you kind of are like, oh, okay, so this is it. Like this right. is the portrait of this guy who hasn't really built his life, and he's kind of left his personal life behind and stuff like that. Whereas in Goodfellas it was like propelled forward by like the fun and glamor and excitement of like being gangsters and all sure. that sort of stuff. Um, so it just, it, and I think that's like what helped make it like a, a bit of a song. Just, just not that it wasn't like well, well done and like Scorsese is a fantastic director, um, right. but it just didn't have, it didn't, it almost wasn't like focused in a way that clearly communicated to me that like what we were going for to a certain extent. And it wasn't fun enough to make up for that. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert. After rewatching, this is not my favorite movie of the year anymore. Oh, but that being said, I think a lot you do glean a lot from a rewatch. Um, I am fine with criticism about this versus Goodfellas because I think Goodfellas is a better movie. Um, and neither of you have said this. What I don't agree with is people that say Casino is a better movie than The Irishman, which no, I, I think Casino is much more just like playing the hits with not much new versus The Irishman, which I feel like is Scorsese sort of looking back at his career and um, that mixed with sort of rewatching it, I got more of a sort of a memory play situation of this that even makes some of the most maligned stuff in this movie work, which I particularly talking about like De Niro with the shopkeeper, 
um, where there's something about in a rewatch because he's telling the entire story that even though it's weird watching a clearly 70 year old man in this visually affects face mask Mm -hmm. playing however old he's supposed to be late thirties, early forties, um, stomping this man. I was like, well, rewatching it, it's almost like, well, he's retelling the story. So I almost can buy it as him as a 70 year old man doing this stuff. Sure. Um, I still think the movie is pretty terrific, especially, I agree with you, Maddie. I think that last hour when you start seeing like him starting to come to grips with everything, his life has sort of wrought. Um, I think Joe Pesci is incredible in this movie. Agree. So um, understated. So yeah. very different from Goodfellas if we're going to do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the best things about it is that we sort of, Pacino, I love in this movie also, but he's very much doing Pacino kind of, yeah. That as we've seen him for the last 30 years where it's over the top, but I think it works sort of almost, it's, it's on a heat level where it's like, yeah, this is super over the top, but it still works for me Hoo-ah. because I don't mind. Um, but no. Pesci, no, thank you. who we haven't seen in it's a movie. Jimmy Hoffa. So much of that movie is just about him teaching Chris O'Donnell about pussy. Yeah, it's pussy and gross. driving. Yeah, I don't like it. That yeah. was both your guys' favorite movie of that year, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely chose Senate. Uh, an all timer. Um, I think, um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think. I, I will say, I will say, I think it's. It's, it's, I, anyway, what the Pesci thing I was saying was, it's just so great to see him like in a lower gear. Yes. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, no, Joe Pesci is a fucking great actor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and he doesn't have to be like this. Tommy, like high key thing, like to be good. And particularly that last scene of his, like post stroke, like I think he's incredible in that scene when they're playing like bocce and then it like skips to him like going to church and he's like, you'll see, you'll see. And that's the last time we see him. Yeah. I I do think, I do think the movie, and I think this is a big, like I think it like does belong in like the elevated canon of Scorsese. Yeah. Like I think like obviously he's like older and he's at that age where you're like never sure like are these movies going to be as good? Are they going to fit in with like his thing? Right. But I do think like like to like he's done like to his credit like to his longevity like it's another movie that like is a part of his filmmaking credits that like you should watch. It's yeah. not it's not like Oh, when he got older, then he made a couple movies that were not as good or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, this this can stand up. And I think those other ones, even if it's not my favorite. That's and- a big thing, I think. Scorsese just period, like, yeah, not you know, not all of his movies in the last decade have been great, sure, but I, I feel like if you compare them to a lot of seventies <laughs> directors, like no one goes and sees De Palma movies no, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like no. Francis Ford Coppola makes a movie every six years that no one sees. No, like, yeah. and Spielberg, like, God bless him, like, half his movies, you're like, well. eh, they're stinkers. Um, yeah. Whereas Scorsese, like, even something like Shutter Island or something like Hugo, like, I feel like there's always still something, like, sort of interesting yeah. about, like, mm-hmm. what he chooses to make. Yeah, yeah. he swings for the At fences. Least, yeah. I think there's something interesting. I mean, I think when we, when we talk about this movie being in the Oscar conversation and, and also, like, part of his career writ large, is there's these um, billboards around LA? I don't know if you've seen them that are like that show a juxtaposition of like it's like him and De Niro, I think, on the set of Raging Bull, and then him and De Niro on the set of The Irishman. Uh-huh. And there's like a quote that's like, "You don't realize how f- like fast time passes until you get there," or something, right. something about like time passage. Yeah. And I feel like this is. 
not that I, <laughs> I almost expect, and I know this is very dark, for him to just like die on stage uh, in two weeks at the Oscar ceremony because uh-huh. he's like, and the circle is complete. That's what these billboards feel like right, to me. Sure. And I, and for that reason, if, you know, getting back to, you know, the Oscar should go to or why yeah. is this nominated, I understand why this is nominated. Uh, it would be, I think, for any other director too. It, this right. is like a very well made movie. But it feels even more like a, like a nostalgia thing. Like oh, a, for sure. Like a th- time's past. And I, and I think a lot of the conversation around this movie has been like the comparison of Scorsese and like Frank's character, like and looking back at yeah. it. Because we were talking about like mm-hmm. it's been 45 years mm-hmm. since Mean Streets, um, which is the first time him and De Niro worked together. That's incredible. So, yeah. That is really incredible. Um, I just want to point out a couple scenes that I thought were really great in this movie. Um, I love the two motel scenes between Pesci and De Niro um, before the Hoffa assassination. Also, if you go back and rewatch this movie, um, like the second shot of the movie is like a close-up of Frank killing um, Jimmy Hoffa. There's like a, the second shot is like him firing the gun into his head, which at the time, like... Mm. You have no idea what that shot is. You just know he's a hitman. So, oh. But like wow. in rewatching it, you're like, oh, that's basically almost the end of the movie. I will say that scene, I don't know if that's on your list, but the sound that Pacino makes is so upsetting. Yeah. When he, yeah. Frank, let's get out of here. Yeah. And then when he goes like, oh. He goes, hoo hoo-ah. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he go like, hoo-ah. I love the Umberto's clam house scene. I remember when I first moved to New York and the first time I went to Little Italy, like, Hearing about how Umberto's Climb House, that's that place. There was mm. a famous like mob assassination there. Mm. And I like how throughout the movie he peppers like every single time they introduce a character with basically how that character was murdered. Mm. Except for that one guy when um, Stephen Graham's character gets arrested and they're like very well liked by everyone, died yeah. at 80, yeah. like yeah. natural causes. Um, the bread and grape juice scene at the end of the movie between. Um, Pesci and De Niro when we've seen them earlier in the movie like doing wine and mm-hmm. grape juice when they're in prison. Um, the lunch meeting with Hoffa and uh, Tony, which is the Stephen Graham character, when he shows up late and there's why like the back, does, he shows up late in shorts. Hey, quick question. Why does Jesse Plemons get to be in like every fucking Listen, movie Listen, people fucking love Jesse Plemons. What is I listened to an interview with, with the Plemons. casting director for The Irishman and she was like, I think he's one of like the great actors of our time. If you told me when I was watching Friday Night Lights that Jesse Plemons that was Landry. going to have worked with Scorsese, Paul Thomas Anderson, like all these amazing directors, I, I would never would have, have believed it, but you know what? That's good for him. bad, I think. I think I mean also he's good. I think he's good. Yeah, but, but, yeah, he's but I think there's but, a Breaking Bad effect where but, everyone on Breaking Bad is good. Aaron Paul has not done like even Brian Cranston has well, not had. But he's I'm not kidding you. Well, though. I, I think, think Brian Cranston is jealous of Jesse Plemons' career at this point. Maybe wouldn't you? Sure, Aaron Paul definitely is. And you know what? Jesse Plemons is a better actor than Aaron Paul. Damn! Wow! Whoa. Yeah, those I are went, fighting words. I went there, and I mean it. Whoa! Did you? Aaron Paul's watch, like one of my did you best watch, friends. Did you watch El Camino? <laughs> No, no I but I did I watch Need for Speed. Minutes of it. Oh, oh no. no! I haven't. I kind of avoid. I mean, I, Breaking Bad is like maybe my favorite show. Yeah, ever, it's amazing. I've yeah, it's been. I've not been. Able and El Camino's to not bad. I was just yet. like, I can't get myself into it enough. Yeah, to the keep story was done right and now. good. And yeah. I don't know if I need to. Um, the last shot of the Irishman is brilliant. 
And here's just a little uh, fun fact. So there's a scene in The Irishman where Joe Pesci tells Robert De Niro. I feel like we've talked a long time about The Irishman. We have. I mean, that's But he he tells him, you need to go see a fairy named Fairy. And it's when he's giving him guns and it's all about like the JFK assassination. In JFK, Joe Pesci plays Fairy. Okay. Same character. Okay. Can we move on to the next thing? No. We can. Okay. Uh, fucking, w- fucking Craig saw JFK, and now everything is a conspiracy theory to him. He thinks Kevin Costner killed JFK. Our next movie, yes, sir, <sighs> is Jojo Rabbit. Jojo, Jojo, Jojo. No, I can't. I literally. Jojo. Uh, Maddie and I watched this together. Yeah, yeah. As we do most movies, I think. Not all. Uh huh. Um, very enjoyable. I I like this movie. I know people people do not like it. Um, and I get that. Uh, Dude, I don't know. I feel like there was a weird backlash to it, like when it was on the festival circuit, like when it kind of showed in a couple festivals. But then when it came out, everyone was like, "Oh no, actually, this is good." We like well, actually, this. I remember watching it. So the beginning, the what made me nervous about it was the Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. So Taika Waititi, who directed it, is great, but he plays Hitler, and it's or like the imaginary friend version of Hitler. And I don't love that. He, I think the comedy for that doesn't land. And it's, I don't, I can't, I, I, I can't decide if it's because like Hitler's just not funny. It's just too, want a bridge too far. Or if it's just like him playing it is not like the, the like wackadoo-ness of it doesn't like well, super I- fit. The tone of this movie is interesting because there is really tragic things that obviously it's a Nazi movie, but like on a personal level, like spoiler alert, the mom dies and in a pretty horrific way. And, and this, but it's also kind of a comedy. So it's a weird and terrible and there it's terrible things happen in juxtaposition with some very funny moments. So it's an oddly toned movie. And I think Taika Waititi, his char- the character of like imaginary friend Hitler tries to kind of straddle these two worlds. Sometimes he is kind of menacing and a dick and sometimes he is like fun and goofy. And it doesn't, it, that doesn't play for me so much. The kid is great. And I, I think, and especially his little friend is super great. And the, and so f- when they rely on those two kids in particular and the girl from um uh what's that movie leave that no I trace. leave no trace she's super fun too and mm-hmm. and that is where it gets really i really i really enjoyed this movie um yeah it's uneven but i i i wound up by the end it won me over i, th- I think yeah i think i think for me i mean i feel similar to megan i mean we're i feel like this is always like we're married so then we always end up feeling similar ways about things do you think um, that's because we actually feel similar or because we're infecting? No, because I think actually... you live with someone for long enough, your brain just starts melt, you know, it gets... Melding? It melts. Because yeah. I will say, we didn't talk and about... We didn't talk throughout Jojo Rabbit no. at all. No, but I think... And I then think when we it ended, we were like... Saying, I think I it's think always we, funny because I think yeah. every now and then, like a lot of the time we have similar... A couple of movies. But uh, for me, I think similar, like I think the tone was all over the place. And I think what similarly I didn't, like Taika Waititi himself as the Hitler was my least favorite part. And I think it was for me... Because there was just no shock value to it. Like, I think there, it's weird because even, like, talking about it, mm. and, like, in the presentation, it was like, ooh, it's like a comedy about Nazis. But, like, the producers came out in, like, 1967. I've seen a bill, like, Mel Brooks' career is filled with, like, Nazi jokes and sa- a satire that was about that. And, like, 
just over the years there's been so many things. There was Mitchell and Webb, like, are we the baddies? Like, there's all these, like, comedy things. And the Hitler part in particular was the part that was supposed to be like, oh, isn't it, like, a little bit shocking and funny? Not just funny, but shocking that he's, like, got an imaginary, an imaginary friend as Hitler and they play and have fun or whatever, yada, yada. So that stuff didn't play well to me. And the rest of the comedy, I think, worked better because I think it just works better as just a comedy. Like the jokes, like Sam Sam Rockwell, I loved his performance. He's so fucking like funny. I was. I didn't really expect to like think it was really Rebel Wilson. I am not Don't always care a fan for. of. Um, but this but, is but how she, she should be used. She, really she is and, yeah. a sometimes and so, food. And guys. so when it made like jokes about like the clones and stuff like that, it was just kind of jokes that I think weren't like wrapped up in the sort of shock value and kind of teaching a le- like a satirical take or any sort of like weird like upending what you think yeah. about that Hitler scene where he talks about how and he so lost his eye and then he's like shoot like and it's like quick cuts of him shooting everything is very funny and like the yeah, of, like, yeah when it's just a pure comedy is when I like it. honestly it makes me wish I wish Taika Waititi would just make a comedy again because I do like those yeah like, <laughs> like I like what we do in the shadows I like a lot and I think it's like yeah so so it was kind of like in the presentation I just didn't I don't, and I don't, you know, I, I, I feel like I've seen some controversy about this on the internet, but like, I don't think it is like very relevant to our times as much as like, there are, you know, issues with Nazis and stuff like that in America. <laughs> there yada, are yada. issues Issue, We got Nazi issues, yada, yada, like, and like in that way, whatever it's relevant, but I don't think it like actually makes a comment on that sort of stuff so much as like when it's just like a naive kid who's like saying metal for Hitler, like it becomes funny just because of like the outlandishness of it rather than trying to put it in any sort of like political or social like context. And so I think that's why it felt like uneven because it tried to do that, especially with the Hitler stuff. But overall I was like, I was charmed by the story of like a little boy who has some dumb thoughts because he's a little boy. And, and propaganda, to, like, and the and dangers of propaganda. dumb his stupid shit is. And, and then also like his relationship with the girl, I think was, was very well done. And, and by the end, like played out, like it, it kind of hit me emotionally at the end. And I think that part was all well executed. Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said. This movie actually didn't work for me very well at all. Um, I think, again, like similar to what we were talking about earlier, like there's not a, for me, there's not a Bohemian Rhapsody this year. There's not even a Green Book this year for me. Um, I like all these movies better than either of those movies. But this movie, um, yeah, the comedy for me, with the exception of the Stephen Merchant scene, which oh, that was very funny. And a lot of the interplay between the kids, particularly with Yorkie, his friend, um, the comedy doesn't work at all. I think Taika Waititi does not work at all in this movie. The only time I even sort of like it is when we see him basically in his last scene, um, just because I like the darkness of him having like the bullet enter and exit wounds mm-hmm. makeup. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think any of that really works. For me, actually, I think the drama works better than the comedy in terms of the best scenes in the movie for me is when he discovers his mom. Yeah. Um, I think that's, and a really I love that they scene. never show her. I mean, they just show her shoes cause they've yeah. made such a point of showing her shoes. Before. Yeah. Big year for a uh, shoe tying for mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Uh, marriage story ends with her tying, <laughs> tying Adam Driver's shoe shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. she really Fun tied theme. a bunch of shoes this year. Um, yeah, I don't know. This movie just left me a little cold both times I watched it. The second no, time I, really I was like, disagree. "Oh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get it this time," because I know a lot of people do truly love this movie. And then I watched it again, and I was like, "Nope, still doesn't really do it for me." Like again, I don't think it's bad. Like I don't think it's not worth watching. Um, it just, 
I will, I will say I always am hard on kid act. I think that main kid was great. I think all three of the kids I think are Andy great. And the yeah. friend were great. And yeah, she's. I almost don't think of her as a kid. Right. She's yeah. Like, um, but yeah, I thought they were, the performances were awesome. Yeah, I don't think Scarlett Johansson is very good in this movie. I don't think she is bad, but I don't understand why she's nominated for best supporting actress. I, I think, think it's sort of a whatever performance. I think she's good. I think the accent. The accent is uh, bad. The accents are a problem throughout this movie because half the people are doing good German accents, uh, a fourth of the people are doing bad German accents, and a fourth are just doing British accents. So I don't really know what they were trying to do. I wish they had gotten on board with like... And also, also you could just use your regular accent. I don't need... Other than maybe Taika Waititi because he's an imaginary character, like you could just use a regular accent, that'd be fine. Yeah, um, but Taika, yeah, and I think part of what I didn't like about Taika, like, it reminded me of like in, I used to do like speech and debate in high school, and we had like the dramatic interpretation categories or whatever, and like comedic interpretation, and almost always when someone would do like a funny German accent, it would do that Kermit kind of like, oh, you do this, this is what we are talking. Yeah, and he just did that. Right, and that just is like distracting and not great like it just i think that like takes me out of like i'm just reminded of like oh that's like every kid doing a german accent just the sure. kermit the kermit type of german accent yeah. or even like i'm almost like oh if he did like a real hit like hitler's voice was very i mean like well it's a scary voice yeah, yeah it was that. strong like it was yeah. very it was very powerful like when you hear a speech like and almost like if he like did that that might have yeah changed a little I bit i mean but sam rockwell felt, really it felt hit almost it dismiss, like it didn't for take me because yeah i don't even way. remember his accent sure it wasn't heavy or not yeah. and he was Ro- just fucking funny, and rockwell's so. rockwell's good in the movie i'm a i love sam rockwell i think he's a great actor i'm getting a little tired of a scene rockwell playing like the good racist the good yeah. nazi yes. the good like yeah. i yes like it's weird that he's become the go-to like this is three of his last four well, roles in a that, movie. Has he been has one of that those. look. He's always been like a shithead, like a bad guy or yeah. like a bad also guy a trying up. to be redeemed. He's like a yeah. Yeah, up, screw up. Also a dick. It is very <laughs> funny. But he, um, like his last scene in this movie, I find moving, but I find moving in sort of a cloying way that mm-hmm. it's like very clearly like, almost like a screenwriter trick to make us feel something. And that's not his fault. He does a good job with it. But I was like, well, yeah, him, like this worked on me, yeah. but intellectually looking at it, I'm like... Yeah. Well, yeah. You have... I mean, I... But... uh, I don't know. I thought it was very funny. But then you have the elements of the absurd where, like, he and Alfie Allen are like... They're like, oh, this is a copyrighted uh, outfit that we're going to wear for, like, the last surge. And then when you... He looks and sees him wearing this, like, ridiculous, you know, cape and the... Right. Whatever the hell. There are elements of the absurd in it, which is... I mean, that's the, I guess that's the only way you make a fucking Nazi comedy, like a, yeah. a, a Nazi movie. About, like, but it didn't quite horror. embrace that stuff. Like, it kind of was like about fanaticism, but yeah. then didn't. I wish go, it had go gone. Full, I guess I wish it had on gone. The, on the fanaticism. I really liked it. It worked for me. I wish it had gone further. I think it would have been a better movie if it had gone further into that almost parody Mel Brooks kind of like territory because there there were moments of that there are definitely moments of it and then there's definitely moments that it doesn't and um and I think both moments actually work but what happens is what what pulls it away for me is like a lot of the middle ground and for me that's the scene those are the scenes with Scarlett Johansson and uh and the and the kid yeah like that whole scene where she's where she's like oh do you wish your father was Mm -hmm. here and then she like puts on the 
coal black yeah. and pretends it's a to real be both moment of them. for her. Yeah, but it but doesn't it's, work. It's not in the, great, and she got nominated over Jennifer Lopez. So. Yeah, which is I can't even. Listen, we're not. Gonna I by it. the way, sidebar. Right, I flew back on the plane. Uh, I was in Mexico City this weekend, and I was like, I'm gonna watch that scene because it's on a plane. Which one, Usher in the club? I watched her striptease. I watched the her on the roof with yeah, the thing, and sure. then I watched. Uh, I watched. The strip usher in the strip club, which I could not stop smiling. I couldn't stop. And then I watched her tell the story of uh, on the pl- when, when she took a private plane and yeah. with the famous guy and yeah. whatever. She's everything. Yeah. Sorry. Also, oh, the other scene too is when uh, she talks about uh, her her swimsuit line that's all denim, and she's like, "People think you can't get denim wet, but you know, you wear it in the ocean. It's actually really great." Yeah. I love her in that movie. Anyway. J-Lo, we love her. Next. Should we move on? Mm-hmm. Joker. <laughs> I'm going to have so skipping, little to say about this. Or, oh, no, you're good. Never mind. We're, we're, not, we're really. not skipping anything. We went well, Jojo to Joker. you've written it, and it looked like 1917. Well, the, yeah, this, it, this like, is just oh, yeah, this is the order I rewatched them. So I have so little to say about Joker. I was freaked out about Joker because everybody was like, oh, my God. Like, this, this movie is really going to... Rile up the incels, like we're yeah. this is this is the end times, whatever. And then I saw it, and I was like, "It's fine. I don't have I don't have strong feelings about it either way. I I right. think it is, I think it is a it is a very interesting performance. Uh-huh. I the movie pretty much kept my attention. Um, I don't I don't know. I I liked it. I didn't not like it. It's a movie. It's a little bit reminds me of um, um, the Good Girl. Uh, do with you remember Jennifer Aniston with Jennifer Aniston and, and Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal? Sure. We're about like a poor, like a Jake you know, Gyllenhaal. Put of course, upon. at the end is the Riddler. So yeah, <laughs> he ends up being part of the universe, right? Yeah. Uh, just about just like you know how he identifies with Holden Caulfield, and it's just like a poor put upon yeah boy, and you know. This is what he has to do. And everybody kind of like flipped their shit over like, oh my God, this is, you know, what ill, what's ill with the world today? And I was like, yeah, it's still just a comic book movie. I don't know. It's fine. The scene of him dancing down the stairs is supremely dumb and uh, like fucking stupid. The dance stupid. of joy. Is that the rock dance and roll of, part two? Yeah. Is, known, known pedophile. Uh, ugh, that made me livid. I was like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. But the rest of it, I was like, yeah, this is a interesting. This is an interesting enough movie. That's fine. Yeah. Robert De Niro's great. Do we have an actor with a weirder body than Joaquin Phoenix? No. I don't think so, no. Yeah, because yeah, Bale had that like thin creepiness yeah. and like machinist stuff, but it doesn't quite... But, yeah, but Joaquin has. He's a, not just thin; he's like bigger he's, in other. He's strange. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. I it's kind like of yeah. Taffy. I feel. I mean, I'm similar to Megan in terms of not having a ton to say about it. I think I actually liked it less than Megan. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you take out the context of it being the Joker, this character, this kind of widely known, beloved char- like villain character, yes. with the context of Batman and stuff like that, and you look at what that movie is, it's a very cliched story of the downtrodden guy. That we've seen a million times before. That's a good system. point. The magic of um, it goes away if you if you're like he if it's not a Batman built. Like villain. obviously that's yeah. part of it. And then I also just I really like especially the second half. Like I think it does some stuff well. Like I think it's a good looking movie. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is maybe my favorite actor right now. I don't think it was as good as a performance in like you were never really here. I think there's more to it. I sure. felt like honestly the character as written there wasn't a ton to him. Because at a certain point it sells him out because it makes him crazy. 
it, it's straight up like I mean, there's like a twist. I guess like uh, yeah. this as well, but like right. the twist is that he's he's imagining that the girl's dating him. Yeah. Um, Among other that, things. And for yeah. me, that totally kind of undermines a lot of what the character is and a lot of his gripes because all of a sudden we can't really rely on anything that we've seen. Um, and it kind of asks. I also us, would it like asks, to it say, asks us to take ev- believe everything we've seen. I called that twist. Yeah. And Maddie did not, and it was a very proud. I don't moment really for call me. it, but I but I think and but I like thought it was weird that literally that I was, I was like him. I got yeah. way too into him. I got very um, early on. I was like, but, but he's I, crazy. But I think that like, Mm-mm-mm. but it doesn't. But it's but and for me like it kind of like a lot of people talk about like oh like movies that address mental health are very important, which I super believe in, and I think that seems weird and wrong to me to think that oh he's like. He's very like the movie asks us to be on his side, yeah, and asks us to see his perspective and believe in his point of view to a certain extent. Obviously, not what he the way he carries it out, and we shouldn't murder people, yada yada. But it wants us to be on his side. But at the same time, he imagines an entire relationship with a woman who's reinforcing him and backing him up, and that just undermines everything else that he's seen and what he's been seeing and how he's been treated and how his coworkers have treated him, and it just makes and then it kind of keeps going into like his mother's mental health and it gets like lost in the weeds for me of this, like kind of these details of like, yeah, where he came from and his backstory that isn't really even all that important. I don't think. Um, and it just kind of like lost me and I kind of stopped caring. And again, once like, yeah, once we were like, Oh, so I don't even know what this guy is. Is he good or bad? I don't even know. I mean, obviously again, like he becomes, he's a villain is what he ultimately is. But again, like the part we're asked to sympathize with him and, and see this as a story with a certain specific message, I think is kind of blown apart when it, when it does that like really cheap narrative trick of him imagining, you know, a 30, like 20, 30 minutes of the movie we watched just for no reason because it didn't happen. There's other stuff. uh, I think so, Watch, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, oh, I actually like this better than I expected because sort of similar to Meg and I sort of went in expecting like this whole... The narrative around it. And yeah. F- good for incels. Good for like the right wing, blah, 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 that people made it seem like it was going to be out at, once it had debuted in Venice. Um, and then re-watching it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of script problems here. Like that opening mugging where he gets mugged by the people, like the script is legitimately terrible Yeah. Uh, with what those kids have to say to him. Um, my biggest problem with this movie, honestly, is the misuse of fantastic character actors. Like, don't cast Brian Tyree Henry in a movie and use I him know. in one scene. Oh my God, I love like that guy. For like four minutes. He's so, and he was like such a highlight. The second he yeah. came on screen, I was like, oh, I'm awake. Don't I'm have Zazie Beats just be the imaginary girlfriend yeah. where we see for like three minutes of the movie. And most importantly, don't give me the hope of seeing Bill Camp and Shea Wiggum as a police team oh my God. and then not give me a four-season HBO show about 1,000%. Justice for Shea Wiggum. I would watch Shea Wiggum do almost anything. I have a big old crush on him. As in they, those are probably two of the best character actors yeah, working today. For sure. And uh, not getting to give see them, them again show. after they get jumped on a subway is like, annoying. It's criminal. Uh, yeah, I guess, I, I guess I didn't, what Maddie said about like the, uh, I, I didn't even think about this, about how it's, it is such an easy way out to say, well, she was imagined like he, or he's crazy because right. she imagined that entire thing. It is, it makes it less interesting. Yeah. Like, I think the part, I mean, listen, if we're comparing Jokers, we're, cause, cause Joaquin Phoenix is probably going to win an Oscar Yes. for this role. Yeah. 
And good for him. He's very good in it. I'm not going to take away. I don't think he'd be my pick, but no, fine. He would not be mine. Leonardo DiCaprio would be my pick, uh, and as the SAG Awards, uh, me voting, have shown. But here's the thing. The thing that was so fun, and, and I'm not a comic book person and because uh, I'm cool, and um, but I have seen... And you've, you've done sex before. I've done sex. So, when? A couple times, just a couple times. <laughs> um, it's okay, don't worry about it. I'm not going to tell you. Mm. Um, but the thing that I, I always thought was cool about the Joker, it, when I would, because Maddie is a comic book person, yeah. is that... Who's also, he's also done sex, though. He's <laughs> just a couple times. Yeah, I'm yeah. uh, he just, some people just, what do they say in the Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan one, is some people just, just like to see, to see the world, the world burn. burn. Yeah. And oh, yeah. that's such a that's such a scarier villain and right. a more interesting villain yeah. than somebody that's that's just like yeah that's crazy or or had like got beat up one time yeah. or whatever the hell. There's there's something more menacing about that. Right. And that's my I don't know, that's my take on that that's the difference between the Heath Ledger Joker and this Joker. And that's not really Joaquin Phoenix's fault. Yeah. It's just the fault of the other. I mean, honestly, like all the Bruce Wayne esque stuff of this movie is kind of what works the least for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't even know aside from it, the Warner brothers of it, the DC of it, Mm -hmm. why it's even there, why we need it. Um, just so I do think, well, Oh yeah, I think there's a answer for sure. That's, I do yeah. agree. I do agree with Maddie that there's a lot of like issues in the last hour. I actually, my two favorite scenes, I think, in the movie, however, are in the last hour. The scene with him, um, and I can't remember the actor's name, but the guy who's also in Barry, who plays like the friend who gives him the gun yeah. early on when he comes to the apartment. I think that whole scene with him and the and the um, other guy and the other guy yeah. is great. And I actually think De Niro's basically like phoning in his performance until that mm-hmm. last yeah. scene between the two of them when he comes I, to the dressing room. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think the interview scene is actually pretty great between yeah. them. I agree. Um, I and, don't and tense too. Yeah, You're like and I don't know. Dread. Yeah, I don't know why this movie doesn't end with him doing like the blood smile and like ending like with him like becoming like the joker as we know it i don't know why it has like an additional like seven minutes afterwards of him talking to the shrink and him being in arkham and stuff i don't think it's necessary at all i think i think that also was kind of like related like i there's a certain aspect of it that I'm like, why did we do this? Because it's like an origin story, but it's like they've kind of established that it's not a part of the DC universe to a certain extent. I mean, obviously they keep the door open, so maybe it is um, if Joaquin signs up uh, or whatever. But but it kind of was like, okay, what was the point of seeing the origin of a villain like as a standalone movie, it just is like a weird kind of like at the end, I'm, I was kind of left just being like, okay. How many like, jokers we are we supposed to now? believe exist in this universe? Yeah. yeah. Cause I also like kind of like, what am I going to say? Like, you know, the, to me again, I love comic books and the joke. <laughs> and, and I think the biggest thing about Whoa, the Joker, like, put it is, away. like a lot of the strength of the Joker is in what he represents compared to Batman. Like right. in Batman is order. The Joker represents chaos. So obviously when you do an origin story, the Joker, you're already in dicey territory because you're trying to define something that is best not defined. Um, but then just to like leave it this weird standalone of like, okay, that was how that, you know, like if it was, if it was like the origin story of like, or if it was like a historical story, it's like, okay, that was the story. That was like the take on it. But it's like an alternate take on a fictional character's origin 
like is so pointless if it's not gonna then be the rest of the story or like be related right. to other things. Like it feels like so weird. And I'm say as a person who's like, like I'm very much into like the different interpretations, especially of the Joker. Um, has been a ton over the years. And Grant Morrison, if you guys want to read, like Bat- did a Batman run where Oof. he really defined the Joker. You know his. But I just but I but I just think it's like tough. it's weird it's weird to have like this interpretation of this small section of a story that then doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Mm. Um, Especially because then we have to so if the Joker is forty in nineteen seventy six, yeah, he's and scrolled. he's thirty years older than Bruce Wayne is, like yeah, that is weird. Like, what are we setting that up? Going yeah. forward. I guess what I'll say is this. I'm done talking about the Joker because this is a movie that I was Don't talk about Joker. Joker. I'm sorry, not the Joker. You're t- done talking about the character, the Joker? I'm, and you're done talking about the movie Joker. No, actually I'm not done talking about the movie Joker. I want to talk about that for another mm, conservatively two and a half hours. Yeah. No, I think this is all it was all fine. I enjoyed it. It was fine. We all thought it was fine. Yeah. And I think and I think I feel like I almost it shouldn't be nominated to be a little more for best best about it because I, of the yeah, the, the weight it's been given and like yes. power. We're that nitpicking it's been told, this but. apart because the movies. I feel like the movies that we are nitpicking apart going through these are movies truly that I we liked all of these movies. I think right. we can all generally say we like them, but they're should they have been nominated for best picture? Mm-hmm. I mean, no, <laughs> Joker. No, it should not have yeah. been nominated for best picture. Right. So sorry, Todd Phillips. It should not have been. Yeah, and I think in particular, like Todd Phillips, like best director. I mean, I know people. A lot of people don't love The Irishman the same way that I like it, but the and they both got nominated. But the idea that anyone in their right mind could say that Todd Phillips should be nominated for Best Director when he's literally doing Scorsese karaoke, yeah, yeah. like if Taxi Driver and King of Comedy are not made, that this version of Joker does not exist. But Scorsese shouldn't have been nominated because he's doing Scorsese karaoke is, is wild. wild, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's just so many more interesting yeah. movies to more interesting directors and, and interesting. I mean, we'll talk about it, but there's, yeah. I mean, a movie we watched last night or two nights ago where I was like, wow, the the movie making here is more interesting. Anyway, yeah. whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Part two. Hey, um, so we were recording and then um, we stopped because Megan and I had to pee and then we realized that Maddie had to leave in like 20 minutes uh, to go do a way more successful podcast than this one. (laughs) Um, So uh, we're back two days later. Yeah, and... uh, Pick up where we left off. Pick up where we left off. My phone, I will tell you, I'm going to prep everybody for this. It is on. If Mm -hmm. I get a phone call from our... Cert from my my dog's surgeon. Yeah, I'm going to. Uh, we're gonna have to pause again, but yeah, that's just a hot, hot, mm-hmm. hot behind the scenes. Yeah, BTS. It's like you guys are here. Yeah, BTS, like the Korean K-pop super group. By the way, I'm into that. Love them. Love, Love them. them. Love, Love them. their songs. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna get into Koreans in a minute, but okay. uh, first, um, alphabetically, where we left off was Joker. Uh, so let's jump into Little Women. Oh. Little Women. Talk about a movie. I let me tell you. I'm going to tell you. This is a journey for me because I remember seeing the trailer. I remember hearing about this movie, and I was like, "I'm in." Right. And then the trailer came out, and I lost my damn mind. Sure. And then I watched this movie I, as a treat to myself mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. Megan can have herself a little treat little by treat. seeing Little Women. Mm-hmm. It's like a little slice of chocolate. It's like a little square that you keep and you put it to the side, and you're like, "This, this is going to be a treat." Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I got a little bit high on Christmas Eve and watched Little Women. And I mean, it did not disappoint. Yeah. I, I, I understand that I am the target audience sure. uh, for this type of movie. Huge Florence Pugh fan. Yeah. You were right. You called it about a year ago. You yeah. were like, she's going to be a star. Yeah, watch out. She. I've never empathized with uh, Amy the before. Florence. <laughs> Florence. Can we say Flor- that about a 22-year-old? No, oh, I don't think so. She's 22? Yeah. I'm going to kill myself. Uh, anyway, uh, I never empathized with Amy before. I always, you know, everybody everybody fashions themselves a Joe. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but uh, I really... Where is your Meg? <laughs> Meg is the one that's like Meg is like the the one that the boys like and right. and is the and is the pretty one yeah, the ones so, yeah. that, I wish you were a Beth. Yeah, I w- <laughs> <laughs> But she's the dead one. <laughs> uh, I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, the only thing that was off to me was Bob Odenkirk's casting, which was wild. Very strange when Bob Odenkirk uh, makes his appearance. I mean, he's fine in the movie, but yeah, when he showed up, I was like. And our friend, a uh, friend of the podcast, Kelly Ewing, uh, the people she saw it with when Odenkirk came in, one of the people goes, Bob Odenkirk? And like, <laughs> like half the theater started laughing. It's very strange. Yeah. I, I think it's funny. Um, I, we're going to talk about Marriage Story in a minute, but I, you know, I, love Laura, I love Laura Dern. Mm-hmm. Live for Laura Dern. I think she's better in this than she is in Marriage Story. I think I love her. I mean, I, again, it's not a big part. Right. But I love her in this. I think she's good in this. I will say of anyone in the movie, casting-wise outside of Odenkirk, I maybe would have gone with someone other than Laura Dern because Laura Dern reads a little modern to me. I mean, I think that's true. I, that's yeah. not that's not a that's not an un, untrue statement. Yeah. I will say I think she's very good in it. It's just yeah. there's something about her intonations and stuff that, that is does more, not sit in Civil War era yeah. Massachusetts yeah. to me. But how much did you love Chris Cooper? Chris Cooper and that last scene like, when, when he, he can't, can't go, go in, in the, the house. house. Well, you know, Chris Cooper lost a child. Did he? Yeah. Oh. Um, so probably is uniquely um, qualified, unfortunately, to handle that sort of yeah, moment sad. of grief. Yeah. He's an incredible actor. Everybody, the only person for me that was like a bit of a dud is, you know, Beth. <laughs> and they do kill her off. Yeah. Uh, I think she's alert. fine. The the one thing I will say that um, I also loved this movie. I prefer Claire Danes. Let me just say, I prefer Claire Danes mm-hmm. as a Beth. Um, I love this movie also. I basically just sob on and off for the last hour. Mm-hmm. Both I saw it twice. Second time, I still sobbed on and off for the last hour. Of course. Um, my wife uh, liked the movie. She's a huge Little Women fan also. She actually, um, I think her biggest issue with it, and I've heard this for, I, Kelly sort of said this also, um, was both of them thought maybe they should have at least double cast Amy. Because when Amy was like yeah. the young Amy, she definitely, I thought she was older than Beth because I haven't read the book. Yeah. So I didn't realize, I always Amy's just assumed one. Beth was the youngest. No. Especially because Beth has her doll when she's younger also. So, yeah. and I think Eliza Scanlon just, I think they're right around the same age, but she looks younger than Florence Pugh does, just period. Yeah, so. she does. Yeah, she does. No, Amy's the baby. That's why she's always getting left behind. Yeah. Beth just doesn't care. Beth doesn't want to go. Yeah, getting I, left behind in the ice. <laughs> that is when she's like, I'm making a mold of my feet for Lori, so he'll remember that I have pretty feet. That's I was a, like, that's great. This is a great part. Um, yeah, I agree with that. But 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 then we would have missed out on like a lot of awesome Florence Pugh. Yeah, yeah So absolutely. I'm not mad at it. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. No. Yeah. 
Um, Maddie, Maddie did Wayne? you see Little Women? Yeah, I did, I did see Little Women. I was not one of those men who did not want to see Little Women. Which is... A movie about those women. Um, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, like, you know, Christmas Day, I had myself... I gave Megan a little treat, and I watched Little Women with her. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, nice of you. It was a little was treat. A very treat. No, no. But I mean, also, like, I, yeah. I, I guess I'd say, like, that movie was exactly what I thought it was in a good way. Yeah. Like, I thought Greta Gerwig would do a really good job, and she did a fantastic job, and she should be nominated. And that's the biggest snub. Yeah. Is her not getting, for director, especially because I think, like, this, the way she structured it was. She and Jennifer Lopez should fucking boycott. Yeah. No. Um, the way she structured the movie. She may still win. Was she may still incredible. win an Oscar, though. For adapted screen, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, but just but like oh, but I the totally director, agree. but and, yeah. and like you know, obviously, like you don't know what was written, like in that sort of thing where it's a writer director, you know, what was written and what was not, and it's right a clear shade to not the framing device the of her that. going to the to the publisher yeah. and and also starting yeah it, like later on is just incredible yeah and I'd say like the, like it's not one of the highest movies of the year for me largely because I've I know Little Women a lot. I had two sisters and a mom, and the 90s, 94, the older Little Women played a lot in my household. So I knew that story a lot, and I'd seen it a ton. I think this is the best version of it, mm-hmm. like including that old one. Yeah. Um, well, you really get, years, I think a, a big part of that is you fuck really get. you, Liz Taylor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think a big part of that is you really get, you get why Lori winds up with Amy. Because yep. that's my issue with the 94, from a girl's perspective now. That's my issue with the 94 one is I was, I'm like, Livid, beyond livid. Gabriel Byrne is a billion years older than Winona Ryder, right? And fucking Chris, which Bales. Professor Barry is in the novel. Like sure, that's sort of Greta Gerwig like aging down. The sure, character. and that was a smart move. Yes, one hundred percent. Because I, I, I don't see that. And no. and and you just don't understand. You don't Why see is Professor Bear Hachi Machi. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, he was okay, but not. I mean, yeah, he's okay. I mean, he looks like a man, unlike yeah, Timothy unlike Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet, like who we looks love five like he's years, an eleven year old. Uh, but but in the other, you know, in the ninety four one, fucking Amy goes to Paris, and then like there's like one scene of like her running into Laurie, and then all of a sudden they're married, and right. you're like, what the fuck? But you really get why yeah. they kind of came together. Yeah. So I just think I just think she did a fantastic job, like modernizing it, making it like interesting, and like I mean, and again, like also going into it like. I guess it was the good version of because I was like, I know this story and I've seen all these a lot of the stuff and I, you know, and obviously it's like hard because how do you hold that against it? No way, but also, but I like I think the fact that it wasn't boring at all. It was really, yeah, really, really good. She did a fantastic job. There's a I, couple amazing shots in it. That shot with I think where Joe and Beth are on the beach and the sand is yes. blowing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the shot um, right after Meg gets married. Um, when Lori's about to propose to Joe, when they kind of just come up over that hill and mm-hmm. you see kind of the whole... Yeah. Um, both, then, those really yeah. stuck out to me. And then there's time. that shot where Bob Odenkirk's like, my little women! <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw a funny um, thread on Twitter about like, how did this movie not get nominated for Best Hair and Makeup? And it was uh-huh. just like, so many shots of hair whipping in the wind, looking mm. fabulous. And uh, yeah, shout out. It, like, I really was like, ooh, Shout they had hair. style back in 1860, I don't know. I mean, and they even five. talk about the hair, her one beauty. Yeah, her one beauty. Although she looked pretty chic with that haircut. She looks great with that and haircut. I, and I think my big compliment in the movie is it doesn't, like, period pieces, it doesn't feel like a period piece. It feels 
modern. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like boring or still stiff. Not in at that all. Way that a lot of period pieces movies can yeah. actually feel. Yeah, and there's real laughs too. There's yes. like real. And that's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it. I loved it. It's yeah. Loved it. It was great. Great movie. Everybody go see it. Yeah, go see Little Women. Even Girl if you're, stuff. even if you're a man. Even, even if you're if a man, you're you can. I promise you, you will not grow a vagina if you go and see. And by the way, you should be so fucking lucky. Yeah. Vaginas are great. Also, have you seen? Uh, have you looked at your dick recently? It's not pretty. Yeah. Also, Saul Goodman is in it. Yeah. You like Breaking Bad because you're a tough guy. You got your steroids. You're lifting weights. And then you yeah. Go. And you see, then you see yeah. You know who else is in it? You know who else is in it? Hannah. She kicks fucking ass. Yeah. Hannah, yeah. She's kicking your. Now teeth. she's right. Now she's yeah, right and stuff. You know who else is in it? Black Widow's sister. Yeah, you guys. Sister, also, fighting with my family. Hermione's in it. Hermione's in it. Hermione's. She's a. She's Harry a, Potter like a man. The, you're working out, reading <laughs> Goblet of Fire, and you get to see this. The girl. The girl with the teeth. The girl with the teeth okay, from we uh, fucking. Yeah, we gotta move on. Man, Sharp object. You're a dentist. You're a man. You don't need that. We gotta move on. We gotta move on. Ellie Sadler's in this movie. She's the mom. It's yeah. <laughs> Marriage Story. Another Ellie Sadler picture. It is. Yeah. Um. Well, now, again, let's talk about let's talk about boys. Yeah. Boys. <sighs> I can't say much with Maddie Don't here, but yeah. I have in me the eyes feelings. <laughs> I hit the mic. I have feelings for Adam Driver. I bet Adam Driver's giant nose also hits the mic a bunch <laughs> when he talks on podcasts like this. That's so maybe that's why you guys have in common. Maybe that's why I, I'm drawn to him because yeah. we both have unusually large noses. Um, yeah, I like that guy mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, I love this movie too. This is a good movie. I mean. It's, it is, for people were like, it's, I don't want to watch it, it's depressing. And I like depressing movies. I actually found this movie not very depressing. Yeah. I found it very hopeful and also really funny at times. There was some stuff that I, like, the stuff, uh, there's some scenes with Ray Liotta and um, Alan Alda in particular that are, like, really funny. Yeah. Um, and, and also Adam Driver plays the comedy really well. I don't love Scarlett Johansson in this movie, um, but... I don't know. I just I I like it. It's a it is a quiet. It's kind of a quiet. I know every the meme that's so famous is their big fight. Yeah. But beyond that, and that was almost like beside the point for me. It's kind of a bummer. This movie sort of got memed out of existence because of that. I think people thought that was what it was about, and I kept being like, it's sort of actually that fight's pretty earned. Yeah. I think it's It's like an hour and thirty five minutes into the movie. mm -hmm. It's a slow build, and beyond that fight, it's a very. I just feel like as somebody that is married. Your marriage story. I felt like this marriage was very. What I love about Maddie. What I, yeah, I saw a lot in this movie that reminded me of my own marriage. <laughs> well. Like, That's us. That's you, us. You, are, the, you are a director Here's at times. <laughs> Megan is an actress. Mm-hmm. At times. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. You both work in the experimental mm. theater. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance I have to get naked. I will say, I just feel like it. It just without. Yeah, Megan had her big break in a high school um, <laughs> sex comedy. Sex comedy. Where I took my shirt off, and they were like, "Put it back on." <laughs> uh, no, I just feel like this. It's a very realistic portrayal. It's it's not yeah. melodramatic at all. Like they, I mean, they the way that they d- decide they're going to get divorced, and it's all very like, you know, this is yeah, like this is we're gonna. Whatever. No. I just feel like this is how I, uh, we would get divorced. When we get divorced, it'll be like this. We'll yeah. be like, no, we're going to be cool about it. Yeah. And then you realize you're not cool about it. Um, and then like Scout will be staying with like 
Megan and Maddie will come visit, but mm-hmm. Scott will be like, I'm not really into this. I want mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm pooping. Be like, <laughs> Let's go trick-or-treating. That was a fun scene. Yeah. Also, Maggie, he made a killer. By the way, that man makes a killer invisible man, too. Yeah. He plays the invisible man in the yeah, upcoming Elizabeth Moss film. Does he? No. Oh. Yeah, he, he definitely <laughs> plays better when you can't see him, though. I agree. Ayo. Uh oh. Maddie's fuming. It's on, mad. driver. Don't. You were listening to this podcast and you're like, hmm, I'm going to go see Little Women. What else is this podcast going to teach me? And then now you're. Dude, you're be careful. Jerk. That guy's got a lightsaber. Yeah. Oh, don't. <laughs> uh, the, and it's the, isn't it the double-ended one, too? No, no, he no, destroyed it's it. Like no? a, it's like a T. He destroyed it. Oh, he got Star Cross. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he's also dead, so. Spoiler alert yeah, for yeah, Rise well, of the Skywalker. That dead just <laughs> disappeared. Yeah. Is Rise of the Skywalker, uh, Rise, of, Rise of the Skywalker, what is it? Rise the Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Is that on your top, it's in your top five? What are we talking about? No. <laughs> I actually thought it was fine. I didn't hate it as much as a lot of people did, but I also didn't like it. And it was just like, that movie's fine. Bobby Frick is good. <clears throat> um, yeah. Bobby Frick's great. Uh, well, this is a better movie than um, Rise of Skywalker. And yes. I look forward to more and more Adam Driver. And, and spoiler alert, for those of you that were wondering, I liked it when he sang Being Alive. I Me thought too. it was cool. Yeah. That was a fun touch. Mm-hmm. You know what? If he had just regular sang the song, I probably mm-hmm. would have liked it. But I liked that he was doing like the other... The friends, yeah, he was doing the whole part. I well, thought he's that kind made of, it work. Yeah, me too. I well, he did it kind of in the the way he played it was like exactly how I feel feel like it would be played, which is like, yeah. am I doing this? All right. Oh, oh wait, I guess I'm gonna do. Oh, I also like the part where he accidentally cuts himself. That is mm, legitimately yeah. very yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's also really yeah. hard to watch when then he like passes out in the yeah. kitchen. Like both times I watched, I was like, I don't feel great. right No, now. it is That's a lot of yeah. blood. And he just goes, Oh, also Martha Kelly. I love Martha Kelly. I was so happy to see her in that. She's so fucking funny. Yeah. That woman. If you she guys have not seen very Baskets, good at her job. No, not at all. Yeah. But she plays that, but she as an actress is great at it. Um, yeah, I really when I'm, when we're talking about all these moments, it's all his side of the story. Yeah. I mean, I, I she was fine in this. I just I think she's good. I think I mean, basically the way it's structured is like the very first like forty minutes is her side, and then it all switches to driver mm-hmm. basically. So mm-hmm. I think, but I think like that monologue when she's in Laura Dern's office, that's kind of like that single take in and out. Yeah, like, I think that's really good. Um, I actually love all of her family stuff also. I think Merritt Weaver is Great. incredible in this yeah. movie. And Julie Haggerty, <laughs> my favorite part of her performance is when she is talking to Adam Driver and giving him Alan Alda's name over the phone and she's wearing sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like she has to be like hidden over the phone so her daughter doesn't know that yeah. she's being helped out. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. I liked it. I mean, I liked it a lot. It's it's I feel like it got a weird backlash. One part of the backlash isn't the memeing stuff, but like there was a, a weird backlash I saw a lot that was like, oh, that's relatable. Like, an a- one it's about an actress who moves to LA and like her right. husband, like the director. I don't think and they stuff. leaned and into I saw that. that backlash. One, I saw the backlash from a lot of people who work in entertainment, just kind of trying to assume what yeah. people are. But at the same time, also, I think that was like, I mean, obviously it was a personal story too. Right. Um, but, uh, but I think at the same time, also, like that. Like, kind of was is a good reasoning for why they're a little over the top melodramatic. Like these people are like, and I think that like 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 they're kind of like selfish, egotistical, over the top like actor director, and like yeah. when that yelling yeah. scene, like it feels like a real like realistic release. And even throughout the movie, everything that like is kind of overdone. Like yeah. it, I think it got a, a weird backlash of like, oh, it's a little over the top melod- over the top of melodramatic, but that's intentional, sure, and yeah. often used for comedy more like. Like even that fight scene was kind of 
funny. Like, like yeah. not like, ha jokes funny, but like right. it, it, like people made fun of how over the top it was and, and stuff like that. Also, but I think by like the way, anybody making kind of fun crazy. of how over the top that does has never had a significant other. They've had an actual argument. Yeah. One thousand percent. <laughs> yeah. I um, truly wait, agree with that. One thing, I, one thing I want to ask Craig, have you seen anything about this? I looked after I watched the movie and I saw nothing about it. And I was like, was this intentional or not? But so like Adam Driver, he sings Being Alive. Yeah. And, um... Obviously, there's, you know, like it has its own more little literal application, but the backstory of being alive. Do you know about this, about Dick, Dick Jones? Yeah. Dick Jones sang it originally for the original version of Company on Broadway. Uh-huh. He's a, the original Broadway cast recording of it. It's Dick Jones singing it. He was, he was only on Company for like a few months, I think, maybe even weeks. Yeah, he left and the then show he had to really leave the early show, on. Yeah. But he left the show because of marriage difficulties. Oh, weird. And so, and I've like tried to look if like, I knew that if, he, I knew that the guy had left. Yeah. And so it was cause he was like going through like a bad divorce is why he, so I, I looked and Googled and could not find Baumbach saying that it actually had any, you know, that just connection. like weird little There's back no story connection that it had anything. I don't know. If oh, Dean, jo- Dean Jones. Dean Jones. That's it. Yeah. Dick yeah. Jones and right. Um, but I just was wondering if you'd seen anything about that because I thought that was like really interesting, and I don't know if it was like yeah. an intentional. Yeah. Shortly after opening night, Jones withdrew from the show due to stress that he was undergoing from ongoing divorce proceedings. Yeah. So it like feels like it hits. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like it has intentional like an or not? That's I mean, I mean, you know, the whole idea <laughs> and the whole thing with company is it's about like the one guy who can't keep a relationship mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. all his married friends that he spends. Yeah, some time and that feels so. like the more yeah the more. I don't know, literal, uh, but like the more, yeah, the more super, like the more obvious, like, so I didn't know if there was. Also junior year uh, in the uh, musical theater class I had to take, I sang Barcelona once and it was great. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Here's um, to the ladies who lunch. Everybody. Why didn't they do that one? I, I don't know. Why didn't they have like just randomly like Laura Dern walk in and do <laughs> ladies who lunch? Yeah, but I'd um, say like marriage story is much more interesting. Like it's, it's very watchable. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in a bomb box sort of way. Like yeah. it's funny and it just moves and it's like relatable. And, and I think it's the kind of movie that like you can often dismiss. As like and I mean, indie, I think this like drama. Like yeah. I think the, the structure of it's amazing. Like yeah. there really is a huge payoff to that letter stuff that I feel like. Yeah. I liked it anyway, but I feel like people could be like, oh, this is such like a movie trope. But like with him finally reading it at the end and sort of breaking down, I think it's nice. Yeah. And then she ties his shoes. As we said, this was a big year mm-hmm. for Scarlett Johansson. Tying the Nominated shoes. for Oscars shoes, for tying, tying shoes. Also, so. the Sgt. Pepper Halloween outfit is the shit. It's very cool. Yeah. I loved all of, I love that. The other thing, rewatching it is, so that guy that she's dating at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, I didn't realize this, but at the beginning of the movie, when she first goes to LA and she's on set, she's like walking with all the executives and they introduce her to that guy. Oh, really? Yeah, and they're like, this is a guy from UCLA. He's consulting. He's like a futurologist or whatever. And she's like, how much is accurate? And he's like, oh, nothing at all. <laughs> and then <laughs> he just walks guy. away, and that's the only time we see him until the end of the movie when they're dating. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I really like this movie. This is a, uh, We're going through these nominees. We were saying before, before we started recording again that we felt like we were being negative. But again, this makes this about other things. We're just nitpicking because it's should these have been, should these win Best Picture, should they be nominated for Best Picture? Right. But these are all like really good movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We like these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, good job, Hollywood. Good job. Good job, Hollywood. You did another year. You did it. You did it again. Um, 1917. Ooh. Oh, man. I This was a, 
You want to start with this? Go ahead. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm a big. I love this movie. I it was a, one of those big surprises to me. Like mm-hmm. I, I was excited for it months ago, or like when it first showed like trailers because it was like San Men, Mendes, right? Yeah, how he says it. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mendes. Yeah. Mendes. Menses. Menses. Sam Mendes. I mean Mendes, but like I think he pronounced Mendes for some reason. But maybe no. I just Sam Mendes. I might have heard one person sounds right. wrong one time. Hey, my name is Sam Mendes. Sam but also I used might to be like a British critic of the Donmar Warehouse. Yeah, yeah. Sam, was he Sam the one Mendes, that was married was right. to um, Winslet? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, when Road. they did Revolutionary Road. Right. Yeah. Before she married Ned Rock and Roller. Oh. Oh, good lord. Um, but I, but I, but I, so I like was super excited for it because he's a great director. Um. And then it kind of went silent, and then yeah. like the there was no buzz or hype or anything for it leading yeah. up to it being released. And then we sat down one night and we had the screener and we just watched it. And I mean, spoiler to Megan, I guess, but like she, we also we both were like very surprised at like how good it was. Yeah, and, we were and, in from from moment one. I was yeah, like, I'm quickly. here for this. Yeah, um, and I yeah, I just say like with like I think like obviously the big device of it is. That it's all t- like other than one, one cut, it's yeah. all like one shot. Like right. it just moves, you know, one scene to the other with no cuts, or no, you know, there are technically there are cuts, but they hide them. Um, and I think that just feel gives it like this very energetic feeling that you just keep feeling like you're being propelled forward, and it keeps that tension going, and you really feel like there's a time limit on what they're doing, and they have to get there. Um, and so I think it like really was an exciting, great movie. The one and the one thing with it that's funny though is like I think. If I'm looking pure entertainment value of like, did I enjoy this movie? I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I really yeah. love it. It's a war movie. We've seen a billion of those. Right. Um, it's, you know, it doesn't have anything particularly relevant to now. Um, it doesn't even like try to do that. You know, no. it doesn't even try to have some sort of modern like wars war. We gotta yeah. stop it, um, kind of thing. Um, but that said, like, if I'm looking as like pure, like, do I want to watch this movie and be entertained by something that tells like a compelling story that's interesting and obviously like. You know, obviously, it doesn't have modern, like, current relevance, um, socially or culturally. Like, it does. The emotional impact is yeah. there. Like, you do care about these these kids, and you see the weight of the war. And World War One is an interesting war that doesn't, you know, doesn't get as much play. Much, yeah, it doesn't yeah. get much attention. And so it just was. It, I thought it was like a fantastic movie, and it was kind of no surprise then when actual like the actual awards started up. Then it like won best picture at the globes and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, it is like really, really good. And right. Yeah. And for that type of movie that does well with, you know, the older white dude crowd of voters, like, I think it's a very, very good version of that. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're, I agree with everything you're saying, uh, spoiler alert, but I think what's interesting about it is it, it's a, it's a movie that's so big in scope and yet also so small. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it is, it's not even about a battle. It's like, you know what right. I mean? Like a lot of times, like when you do war movies to avoid sort of trying to stretch. So like when we watched, uh, what was the Patton? Yeah. I was like, Oh God. Cause it's just like this, you know, it's just such a huge chunk of the war. It's not even a battle. It's just this one, one person's mission. Yeah. And yet the the way that it's shot and the the war that it's about the scope is so huge so right. it's an interesting dichotomy for me um, watching it I think it's cast extremely well with one exception um, I think that I both of the kids are great especially the main what is his, I can't ever pronounce George his Mackay. name George Mackay he's excellent he's he's 
doesn't take a, he's not a, it was a great idea to make, to cast somebody that's not like a star. Right. So you're not distracted. And he just does a fucking killer job. I think he's super, super good. And then along the people that he meets along the way are the stars. And I, and with one exception, I don't think any, I think they all are great and, and nobody's so big that they take away. I don't love Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And I didn't. And when he turns around and it's like Benedict Cumberbatch, I'm like, okay. Uh, but, uh, I think Richard Madden at the end is super, super good. Um, I really liked him. Uh, I love hot priest. You know, how I feel about Colin Firth mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it just goes, it just starts and it goes and it's, it is, I think it is my pick for, I bet it wins this, right. the Oscar because it is the most, um, crowd, crowd pleasing mm-hmm. movie right. probably of all of these. Yeah. It'd be weird if you really didn't like it. Okay, so here we go. Oh, no. Oh, weird. So this movie, I think, is the one that's most affected by me having seen all these movies multiple times. Because mm. this rewatch of this movie, the trick of the film holds no real interest the second time around unless you're just viewing it as like a technical thing. Like, how did they do those shots? And I think a lot of the... There's a lot of script stuff that I think pops up when you rewatch it. Some of the speeches that feel like, I can't remember his character's name, so I'll just say Tom and talking about like the cherry trees um, when they get to that abandoned right. house that feels very like, like some random fucking grunt soldier, like be all metaphorical about how, oh, there'll be even more when the pits fall, blah, 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 in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um this whole scene, which uh, honestly, even the first time I saw it, uh, one place I disagree with you, Maddie, is I was not emotionally connected to this movie at all. The only mm-hmm. time I felt emotional the first time I saw it is when he meets the woman in the French town and yeah. she smells the milk. Yeah. But I was not affected by one of the characters dying at all. Um, yeah, so the second time around, the it, the first time I was like really kind of I was blown away technically by the movie even though I felt it was a little cold I also sort of disagree I, I totally agree with you about Benedict Cumberbatch in particular I sort of disagree with you I'm not sure why we needed any like known actors and I'm not even talking about like Andrew Scott I feel like had probably even at the point they were shooting this movie was not outside of England like Hot yeah. Priest had not become the same thing that it is now where people would be like, oh, that's Andrew Scott. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mark Strong also, I think. Mark Strong people know, and I think he's, but I think he's good, but I don't think he's like huge enough. But Colin Firth, I think is fine in it, but I don't know why we went there. And I also found Richard Madden a little distracting at the end because it just could have been anyone. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, because it is like this small story about two guys that maybe we've seen in things before, but we don't really know much about. I didn't understand why the decision was made to like have these like five key like points along the way cast by well-known British actors. I love that. And I feel like for me, that makes total sense to me because in the context of like being a soldier to you, the celebrities are like the generals and the people in charge and they are like Colin Firth. Well, Colin Firth then I get, and even then Cumberbatch I get, but the other ones, those aren't like known people to them. Like, of course, they know who Firth is because he's the main general, and Cumberbatch is the person we're like seeking Mark out Strong, the whole though, movie. Is even like, like I think they are the people in charge. Are these like kind of larger than life figures? And right. like you said, like we're following two guys, two guys who are unknowns. So then, like these people, 
they stand out in a way. Like I guess, even but Andrew I guess Scott, that sort of pulls me out and makes me think of it as a movie. I don't know. I, I just feel like that to me like felt. It what is like we're on it, our own for so much of it, and then it, this person shows up and gives us like a little. Did you think this wasn't a movie? What? What did you think when you were watching? Were you like? I guess did you like think what it comes sandwich. Yeah, I thought it was a sandwich. <laughs> This isn't a sandwich. You were watching a sandwich. Um, Credits. This must have been a movie. So this is basically how I describe this movie, and this is actually probably also going to work with how Maddie feels about it because I and I don't remember exactly where you had it. To me, this movie is very much The Shape of Water, and that I think it is a good movie. Mm -hmm. It's technically very sound, but the fact that it is likely to win Best Picture in a year that I think there are five excellent movies is sort of a bummer because I don't think this is a bad movie by any means. Like I, In other years, I'd be like, yeah, that was like the third mm-hmm. best movie of the year. Mm-hmm. But for me, there's, for me, there's clearly a top five and a bottom four, and this is in a bottom four category mm-hmm. for me. Similar to 2017 for me, I thought... Dunkirk and Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird and Phantom Thread and Get Out were superior to the other four movies that were nominated. And Shape of Water was probably the best of those other four movies. Mm -hmm. And 1917 might be the best of these other four movies. Mm -hmm. But for me, in years moving forward, I would want to go back and look at my top five and be happy like if I ran into them on TV. And I don't know that I'd feel that way about 1917. Everybody's different, guys. Yeah. This is what we're learning here. Yeah. Everybody's different. different. Interesting. 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 Very. Interesting. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I think Deacon should definitely win Best Cinematography. I was like, going to say, it's no a beautiful with that. movie. Yeah, like, it, it looks incredible. Um, I also like, obviously it's his story, sort of because it came from like his grandfather's stories, but the fact that <clears throat> Sam Mendes is kind of swept all the director categories again in a year where throwing away the Greta Gerwig of it since she wasn't even considered for most of this stuff. Um, and I know a lot of people think the Irishman is not like top, top level Scorsese, but uh, we'll talk about two of the others, but like Tarantino maybe doing his career best work. And then you have mm-hmm. Bong Joon-ho. Agreed. Like I just think it's wild that Mendes is winning everything. Agreed. I would agree with um, that. Because I think a lot of this is in the technical, um, and I think a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Roger Deakins yeah. and his sure. camera-like yeah. department. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I found it to be a heart pounder, and maybe I'll change that on rewatch. But uh, I enjoyed it, and I won't be. It's not my favorite of these, but I won't yeah. be mad, mad if it wins. Right. Um, shall we move on? We shall. Mm. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Wow. I don't have much to say that hasn't already been said. If, sure. If you want to know my feeling my if you wanted me to get in depth on <clears throat> this movie go back and listen to uh go back guys and listen to the, the past podcast i will say of uh, i don't know if you agree with this but i feel like of anything this it, this movie Im- improves on um a second rewatch yeah. because you're not dreading the ending you're looking forward to the ending um, and you just catch a lot more fun jokes and I, I've, I've been seeing on Twitter, there's like, just like fun bits that people have been, I've been posting and the thing when he's doing testing at the flamethrower for the first time mm-hmm. and he's like, oof, it's hot. You do something about that heat <laughs> and the guys hey, who so I guess is the actual guy. It's a flamethrower. Yeah. It's a flamethrower. It's a flamethrower, Rick. He's like, yeah. Apparently that was, that was, uh, unscripted by, that was, uh, improv by Leonardo DiCaprio. Anyway. 
<clears throat> I love this movie. This movie is amazing. I'd love to. I mean, I unapologetically. I'm sorry to say. I know he has is problematic in a lot of ways, right. in a lot of Weinstein-y ways, in that he supported him. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is problematic, but I there's no. I don't. He doesn't. He hasn't made a movie that I haven't liked. Right. And this is one of the one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of going to just go through and talk about like some specific things because, like Mike and I said, we've talked about this movie a bunch on the podcast. Maddie, but we haven't really heard your thoughts on this oh, movie yeah. on the podcast. I mean, well, I guess in general, I loved it. It's super fun. Um, it's very Tarantino. I, I'd say there's one thing where this one, more than any other Tarantino movie, um, and I think I've told both of you guys <clears throat> off the pod, but uh, like watching it, especially as a writer, there, uh-huh. are, there are so many scenes I would be watching in this movie where I would be like, if I wrote this scene that is like well written or whatever, but just not related to the story, doesn't advance anything, is just kind of there and lingers for 15 minutes on something that doesn't matter to the plot, and I put it in a script, it would the, the immediate note would be like, cut that. That's nothing. Like right. there's so like and Tarantino does that a lot. And um like he's earned the right to get away with it or whatever. But it's like kind of funny to think of. And I think this movie more than any of his movies has that kind of wandering sort of element of like, he's just going to sit here with a character and kind of see what the character does Mm -hmm. and hang out in this. And a lot of it is like his love letter to, you know, LA and Hollywood. (laughs) And so we have a lot of scenes where we're just kind of like living in this area and it doesn't like push anything forward. And I think people don't like it. I think that's obviously like a reason why some people don't like it. That said, I will say I love that. And I wish I could get away with that. I wish I could do 10 minutes. And even like looking at like, when they go to like Spawn Ranch, like if I wrote a screenplay that had like this weird interlude at a ranch in the middle of it, they'd be like, what the heck is that? Is the movie about that? Either make that the ending or the climax or right. cut this from your insane three hour movie. Right. Um, Whereas that might be one of the best scenes yes, of the year fantastic. period. Like, it's great yeah. and yeah. it works perfectly. And, you know, Defender Nero's a master and he, and so, and yeah, so again, like I think like, it's almost like because that mo- the movie's filled with those sorts of things, that those are oddly his strength. That I yeah. think this is a really great Tarantino movie. That you know all of his movies, like Megan said, you rewatch them and they give you new things and 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 in your opinion, like changes of them. And I think like I think in ten years or so, this just might be his best movie. Right. Um, I just would not be surprised at all. Um, Especially with it being like, especially because I think like Inglorious Bastards also like is helped. I think it's my favorite mm-hmm. of his, and it's helped by the fact that it exists. It's a period piece, but exists in a specific time. Whereas like Pulp Fiction, like there's a weird ambiguity of time in it, and a lot of the movies like have that sort of thing where it dates it in a weird way, but also you yeah. Know, but so Kill but, Bill like, too is a it, which yeah. Is but when it's in a specific like, time yeah. period, his movies like the way he, right. he writes his dialogue and everything like I think it like, <clears throat> is it makes them a little clearer and more focused in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like, yeah, I just love, love the movie and I think it's like super fun and full of fun little moments and little like character like beats and that just are even on, on the rewatches are just exciting to watch. Great. So here's just some things I want to, I want to point out about the movie that I love. Brandy first and foremost. Oh, is Brandy the best? She's, is yes, the, is she the best in doggo in she's film history? Doggo. She is a good fucking doggo. Yeah. Great doggo. She is, and, and that I'm so grossed out by the wet food. Yeah, but for Brandy, I'd go there. Can I also say, is she the first Tarantino doggo? Is she the first Tarantino? Wait, there's got to have been doggos doggo? in uh, Django and Jane. 
Oh yeah, there are doggos in Tango and Change. Well, no, they're just like they're just like ripping up the guy. Like, yeah, those are kind of like I saw. So Django Unchained. um, At the time, I had a friend who worked. I mean, I think he still does, but he worked on the Sony lot, and I went to the first public screening of it. And two scenes that were longer were the scene where the guy is being like basically ripped apart by dogs. uh, One of the African American characters, and then the um, Mandingo fight. Really, which was also oh. just longer and more violent. Um, Wait, so. good, good decision to cut that yeah. down. Uh, Spawn, Ranch, Spawn Ranch, we already talked about. I think that's an amazing scene. Um, I love the soundtrack. Obviously, Tarantino's always known for his soundtracks, but this movie is my favorite yeah. one of his. So good. Um, because of the time period it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, music, music was just better than man. It really was, man. Yeah. Man, yeah, what yeah, can man. you say, man? Paul Revere and the Raiders, man. <laughs> um... <laughs> Wait, can I say something that might make both of you angry? Nope, you already missed your... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Personally, I know... Look, I love Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie. Uh Uh-oh. I think he's very, very good. You're going to fuck yourself. I think he's funny and he's likable. I swear to God. If I'm being totally honest, and I don't think I've told Megan this for fear, but things now it's being I, recorded I, so we things, have witnesses. Things I don't love about Maddie. We have, we're I being will, recorded I, so I we have need, Craig I need to, and I want to warn witnesses. you. I want to yeah. warn you. Did you see Marriage Story? Leonardo DiCaprio is my third favorite performance. Holy shit, oh, that wow. is insane. I would put two above. I, I, I love Brad Pitt in this. Uh-huh. I... I I, this a lot. I think Brad Pitt insane. does this sort of comedic everyman role so well that sure. I watched this and I'm like, we were robbed of this because he spent years doing Joe Blacks and trying to be like the hot guy, a little more meaningful. So yeah. yeah, like there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a more grounded comedic Brad Pitt that like, obviously he's so good looking that that, yeah, like like the way he got pigeonholed, yeah, he got pushed into the things. But I think like, oh, I was, I think he should do more stuff like that in Quentin Tarantino. Like, when he smokes that acid cigarette and steps that. out and goes like, "Here we go," I'm yeah. like, "That is oh, he's so good oh, and funny." Go. And I just liked his. I I was more interested in his character. Like, What's in, your other one, Emil Hirsch? Brandy. I mean, this is another. This might be more controversial because there was a lot of backlash to how little she spoke in the movie. But I oh. give Margot Robbie. I was Margot afraid you were going to be like Robbie, Lena Dunham. <laughs> the <laughs> one Lena Dunham was fantastic. <laughs> she told him that the guy was in that house. Um, no, Margot Robbie is in Squinted in the Sun. The guy who plays Clem. Yeah. No, no one Robbie, is better than Leonardo DiCaprio I, in this movie, I, but... I really, I mean, I just, I feel like Margot Robbie is really good, and in the second viewing, mm-hmm. when I wasn't watching her every moment being like, I have to watch her die, this, like, charming, yes. sweet girl. Right. Like, like she's played, you know, it's, like, so innocent, stuff like that. And obviously, and like, Tarantino, we saw, like, he, like, this a lot of this movie is, like, a tribute to Sharon Tate, this, yeah. like, actually legitimately really talented, young, funny and actress said this who before, was but taken before she had her career. That when when the scene where she's watching when herself. When she's watching the movie. Yeah. And they and I love that they used actual footage of yeah. the movie. And yeah, and, so, and that's the scene that, like, as I'm watching, I'm, like, I was, like, so annoyed, especially the second time, at the whole idea that she wasn't given a lot to do. Because yeah. I think she's doing so well, much in that scene, mm-hmm. and that's a hard thing to do is to watch be a person watching yourself she's so excited there's the context of we know that right. unfortunately this isn't going to pan out into a bigger career yeah. for the mm-hmm. real life version of this real person but also she does it without any sort of like arrogance or selfishness even mm-hmm. when she's talking about being in the movie it's this earnest like very like this excitement that just may that is like this bouncy, she's not bragging she's like bouncy, all, she's bright, just excited to share character yeah. that like what a, like i don't know like 
Obviously, well, in, in this kind of movie and a lot of like awards movies, there's not like characters that are like positive in that way. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that like play it to an extent that like, oh, you become emotionally attached and like I am like you are watching her enjoy herself and it's charming and sweet and also like very sad because, you know, because the historical context is there. Yeah. Um, and it's unavoidable. Like, well, I think that is part of the part of the thing that's hard about like these award season movies, because that part, the first time I watched the movie was the part that was least interesting to me. And that the Sharon Tate section of the stuff that I think for me gains the most every single time I've rewatched the movie, like I've appreciated it a lot more. Yeah. So I think it is, you know, that, you know, quick take culture and then just people that are like, well, I have to see 80 movies before the Oscars mm-hmm. and yeah. one of them is this. And I think the more you live with that, I think it, I mean, I think it's a great performance, but I think that whole section just grows a lot in rewatching it. Yeah, it does. And now that being said, Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, yeah. for the win. It's, it's, like it's like Leonardo a bad DiCaprio, shit. It's a bad shit take, Leonardo DiCaprio is bad shit. in this movie. He's actually not good at all. I think you, I know you're joking right now, but it's not even funny. <laughs> to joke. He brings yeah. down, but I also say like, this is, it has a Tarantino thing of like the first time I saw this, it is what, three hours long. Yeah. And the first time I, yeah. the, it's yeah. weird. He's the only filmmaker I feel like who has a thing where like the first time I watch it, I'm like, I feel a little bit of the length. I'm like yeah. sitting, I'm like, yes. oh, where is this going? And I think it's because you're wondering where it's going. Right. And you can't really sit with some of the scenes. Um, but like the second time it drags less. Yeah. Like, it drags I less just because I'm not like looking for ahead and stuff like that. I completely yeah. agree. I which actually, is so wild. Yeah. And, and yeah, I kind of feel, you know, that reminds me of another movie I love called Inherent Vice that I think is a fantastic movie that everyone needs to revisit oh without worrying about I mean, about I want to revisit that movie, but don't I don't think I'll, 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 um, I think El that's Coyote amazing. Is I drew, I right drew, down the street from. Where I drive by El Coyote every day. Yesterday, I drove by Chili John's. Mm. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I thought in rewatching it, I, the, I just watched it for a third time. The only thing that I personally thought could be cut, and then I talked with someone, and they had an interesting opinion because their the reason they didn't like the movie as much is they felt like they didn't know the Manson story well enough. So they felt a little lost at times because enough wasn't explained. Mm. Whereas for me, knowing the story, I think the Playboy Mansion scene with Damian Lewis's Steve McQueen explaining yeah. the relationship is like mm-hmm. the fa- the only fat in the movie that I was yeah. like, yeah. I don't need this scene. Like I and know, I, kinda, completely I know the J.C. Ring, Sharon also, Tate, Roman Polanski I kinda story. I kind of say part of to me. That might only be because of that <laughs> Damian Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. honestly, I think there's like a version of that scene that works if you like. Steve McQueen is one of those actors that like is hard to replicate. Right. I yeah. don't think he does it. Steve McQueen Whereas, gets like, name dropped in Ford right v. Ferrari also. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I also great. don't even know that you need the context with J.C. No. Yeah, I, I, would uh, say, I, I would say like in general, but I'd say like that's the thing. It's a friend, I don't whatever. Think, I don't know. I, I feel like you don't need to know that much about the Mansons. Because I didn't know that J.C. Bring and Sharon murder. Tate were engaged before right. she married Roman Polanski. That doesn't change yeah. anything for me. Um, okay, she's the type of girl that's friends with her exes. Yeah, but I do, I do, I will say, like, I guess, like, there's parts of that to it, but I'd say also, like, I like because I think one of the one of the things people kind of used against the movie early on was like, oh, but it, you, how much does it rely on knowing the original story and stuff like that? But like. I don't know, movies don't come out in a vacuum and right. most people know that, you know, yeah. Yeah. like almost like to the extent of like, 
That's on you might, you might not know what they were fighting about in World War One, right. but you know they're at war yeah. in 1917. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, but we all listen to Franz Ferdinand, uh, well, the yeah. artist, so that we... We do, because yeah. we're artistic. <laughs> right. Um, we're very I'm glad, people. also, can I say one other thing? Like, I'm actually really glad, too, I just was thinking about this now, speaking about, like, oh, giving context or whatever, I'm glad that they didn't focus on... Charlie Manson. Yeah. He's in one scene. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's a glorifying thing. Yeah. And fuck that guy. Yeah. So I, I like that. Rest, too. In, rest in peace. <laughs> He's that, dead now, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And that's another thing, though, that I think plays better the second time because the first time you're kind of watching him and you're like, yeah. oh, and you're waiting come for him back? To, yeah, and yeah, how's yeah. this going to play? How's like the fact that he talked to her? Like, how's this yada yada going to play out? And I, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. So this time, what I've also found really emotional is the very end of the movie where not only with, um, Sharon Tate and Jay Sebring, but then Abigail Folger and her boyfriend, whose name I'm going to forget, the Polish friend yeah. of Roman Polanski's, come out and they're all on the driveway. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it like fades up and does like the once upon. Yeah. I was like, oh, I find that very emotional because yeah, they were all sweet. murdered. It's a nice en- yeah, yeah, it's a nice ending for them. Yeah. Also, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio has that fucking great line reading of like, is everybody yeah. okay? Except for the fucking Except hippies. Except for the fucking hippies. Um, yeah. And who, also, which, which, Quentin Tarantino did not put himself in this movie. Which that's is, true. Oh, a little bit of a plus. Well, there was yeah. no, <laughs> guys, I love guy. no, no one needed to say the N-word in this movie. Yeah. No. So, no. so, so he was like, uh, I don't need it. it. Quentin, we're, um, we're good. What's your uh, Leo Mount Rushmore? I think this might be it. Well, I you just, can't just have that's one not how Mount Rushmore works. Oh, okay. I was thinking <laughs> mountain. <laughs> okay, this movie for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know Titanic because it's iconic, right? Um, um, maybe Wolf of Wall Street. Uh huh. And maybe Catch Me If You Can. Okay, Maddie. Okay. Maybe, maybe, can I add one more? Eh, no. Maybe I take, you know what, I'm going to take Wolf, Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street away. Okay. Uh, I know people love that, but I love this movie more, and I think it's more, there's more shades in it, and that's Revolutionary Road. Interesting. So, Rev Road, Titanic, uh, Catch Me If You Can, and then, and this movie. Yeah. I feel like you got it. I would say you got to include Gilbert Grape. Interesting. Interesting. For the full, full, and then I, w- I wouldn't include Catch Me If You Can as much as I loved him in that, because this takes that slot mm-hmm. in the final one. I'm trying to think. Departed, Leonardo, I would mm, take. Okay. Mm. I like that little. I would, I, cause I, but I think also because that point in his career, it was like, we're, it's like, okay, he's an adult now. He's and a, then he's, yeah. Shutter he's a Island. He's not seeing little women. Um, he's a man. He's not seeing And women. the beach. Yeah. Um, man, the beach. <laughs> what if I, every day, if it's on TV, mm. I'll watch the beach. <laughs> I don't know if I enjoy myself, but it's been two hours. Um, Body of Lies. I don't know. What's the other one? Leonardo DiCaprio. Titanic, babe. Um, Silver the, Spoons. The Revenant. Yeah, probably, probably Titanic. Um, it's iconic. It's iconic. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, think, I think that gets the full... The movie made him. See, it's yeah. my Mount Rushmore, so it's just going to be my four favorite performances of his, and it's all ones that he's having fun. So mine would be Catch Me If You Can, Wolf of Wall Street, this, and Django Unchained. Oh, yeah. He's good in that, too. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, Django is good. Yeah. I'd get rid of Titanic and put Django. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. And just, no, you wouldn't. Just nope, you already, you already get too bad. You already too, carved okay, it. Okay, we need to move on. You already went up there with the, the chisel, ocean. and you were like... You can sink that performance like you can sink that big old ship. We need to move on, <laughs> and the last movie is Parasite. That's Oof. the last movie? That's the last movie we were talking last about. the nominees. Hmm. Wouldn't this be fun if this won? It would be very fun if this movie won. Yes. Um... This movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, the, again, there's we've already talked, I feel like, ad nauseum about this. Uh, I don't have too much to say other than uh, I know it's maybe not 
on as many people's radar because it's a South Korean foreign film. But as Bong Joon-ho himself said, once you get over the, what is it, the two-inch barrier uh, of subtitles, it's incredible. It's an incredible movie. Um, It's just very, it's both fun and funny and heartbreaking and miserable. And Mm -hmm. uh, it takes you places that you do not know where you're going. And um, I love this movie. This is a great movie. I don't know what else to say. And I love that house. My two complaints about the movie the first time I saw it, and which were both very small, I mean, I thought it was a masterpiece, uh, kind of went away the second time I watched it. I, um, You didn't love the main guy. I didn't love the main guy, and I liked him better the second you time. You mean the, the dad? No, 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 no. The dad's oh, the great. Son. The son. Oh, the son. Okay. Yeah. Um, which I and, I and I liked the son a lot better the second time. I still think they're, I think particularly the sister and, and the, the dad... dad are sort of incredible mm-hmm. and sort of... Okay. And the mom yeah. of the so rich family, I also... Oh, yeah, she's love. amazing. She's I mean, amazing. I actually think the first half of this movie before the big twist is maybe even stronger than the second half of the movie. Like, yeah. I love the twist and I love everything mm-hmm. that comes afterwards, but I think just, like, the whole setup yeah. is uh, sort of impeccable. Um, the whole smell thing that, like, goes throughout the yeah. movie yeah. is heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, and he plays that so well, the dad. Yeah. He's just, it is. Oof. The garden party scene, obviously, is amazing. And just so many, like, visual moments in this, like, that I'll never forget. Probably mostly, most importantly, the um, the ghost story. Yeah. With the cake. With the which cake. Which is actually a truly frightening shot. Oh, so scary. Um, and then when the mother of the family goes down and sees the first housekeeper trying to get the thing open and yeah. how she's positioned like I think is an amazing shot yeah and the of the when the girl this has been sometimes when the sister when she's carrying the peach and the lights coming in and she like and you see the, the flowers yeah. of the peach go it's just a fucking it's a beautiful movie yeah yeah it's incredible it's the king of movies <laughs> one might say it's I love the it. yeah, Godzilla I, of I movies yeah I mean I love this I think like to me when I saw it it felt like there was a clear separation between this movie and all the other movies and I still think it's there. It's no no knock on the other movies. I just right. think it's just, it's in the category of like, okay, this is like a classic movie that I think just stands above all the others. And I think it'd be super fun if it won, not just because it'd be cool to finally have a foreign film like break that barrier and win, but because I think it's just far and away the best movie of the year. Right. Um, and I think it, I, I mean, Bong Joon-ho, he's, I love him as a director. Like, his movies are all super like interesting and fun and like I think like Okja is the one that like didn't work for me. Yeah, but even that me had either. interesting stuff going on in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one just feels but like Snowpiercer's fucking dope. Snowpiercer's dope shit. Um, I'd also yeah, say the host. I was gonna say I was surprised. I, thought I haven't seen. I uh, regrettably have not seen a lot of his like Korean yeah. films, um, so I he wasn't really yeah, on my was, radar until he started making. I was gonna say like the dad. I love the. Guy. I wish I yeah. remember the actor. Song Kang Ho. Is that oh, Song Kang Ho? Like yeah. he plays the dad and like the host, and he's like great in that too and it's very it, those is like a kind of a monster movie with a family going to that but it also has his like class struggle stuff and all that and it's just a great like entertaining movie but he the way he mixes genre is fantastic it's very un-american i feel like a lot of asian movies like play with genre a lot more than yeah. we're used to and there's like oh why is there comedy and it's like a horror movie and mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think like sometimes it can be jarring like there's a reason why genres are comfortable and familiar but like he does such a fantastic job and he did this with Snowpiercer yeah just balancing like outlandishness and high comedy with very serious like moments and messages and this movie of all movies I think you know I'm getting into like political social cultural context I think is 
probably also the most important and relevant one to like right now in yeah, 2020. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, obviously, there's also like a lot of like social issues, like racial and sexism and all that stuff. But at the time, like especially right now in 2020, as we are going into <laughs> our next election, yeah, um, like class has become like clearly like the biggest like yeah. issue, like the class divide and how we deal with that. And that's always kind of been a priority of Bong Joon-ho, but in this one especially, like it really is about observing like these two separate groups that come from completely different worlds, how they're just not compatible, how they can't quite understand each other. Um, obviously it sympathizes more ultimately with the poorer family, but even at the same time, they're not always good. Right. Like yeah. they're not always the positive and they're doing things they have to do and you see the desperation, but at the same time, they're not like perfect. Yeah. Um, and you see them kind of forced into doing these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see these like human terrible yeah. moments from basically, we're basically we're dealing with like three families and yeah. from all three of them. Yeah. And even like the wealthy family, it does a fantastic job, I think, exploring like at times they are like you know the the the, the mother of the wealthy family is yeah. like kind is like like there's a there's a version of this movie that's less subtle and more and way worse way more poorly done where she's like kind of more of a villain and she's a gross arrogant yeah. person and she definitely has some of those traits but at the same time you kind of see the sympathy in her and she's just a human being who like does want what's best she yeah. just is part of like this greater system yeah. and I think that's where Bong Joon Ho. Just all of his get, movies, she just wants like, to get fingered on the couch. You know? She just to have a little bit of fun, and he's all about like just how like it's all like the system is always the thing. And yeah. I think that's even present, like going even the host, which is like a monster horror movie from years ago, and then Snowpiercer definitely has it. No, right? It's more like systemic, yeah. And it kind of is observing how everybody's under this greater like system. I think there was a quote from him that was that was like we got passed around the internet, where he was saying like. Like where basically like wherever you're from, we all live in the same nation, which is called capitalism. I yeah, think what he called yeah, it. I saw that. You know, like really, yeah. and obviously he's that's a very what, quotable man. Yeah. yeah, which is why um, I hope he wins Best Director. Because yeah. not, not only because he just des- deserves it, but right. also yeah. because I think um, his speech would be interesting. But I yeah. think like he truly seems like I think he really does. He's not that he's the only person who understands it, but I think he's one of the best directors there is. Yeah, at making a movie that's about. The greater system, yeah. in so many ways, without losing the, the entertainment the, value, the intimacy, but even just like the intimacy of like the characters yeah. and the personalities yeah. and the individuals, and it doesn't leave them behind. Yeah, it's about them within that system. So and never... again, bears bears repeating, just like the uh, the other movie that we love so much, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There are it is there is dramatic moments, but there's also some really funny shit. Very funny. yeah, very funny. It's like wacky hijinks yeah. sometimes, yeah. and. Yeah. And but that's it, a hard line. It's very few. Others. I think it's very few movies that do that well. And very yeah. few directors that do that well. Yeah. And he does a really good job. He's so good. Should we rank him? Yeah. So I think we should, um, we'll go through, we'll all name our nine, we'll all name our eight. Yeah. We'll go through that. Per use. because there's so many. Maddie, you're number nine. My number nine. Um, and again, like I think I said, like it's, who's entertaining? Ford v. Ferrari. Okay. Meg? My number nine is also Ford v. Ferrari. Mine is Jojo Rabbit. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a couple of things, I think, that I'm going to have towards the top that you guys are going to have towards have the bottom. Out. Number eight. Number eight for me, Jojo Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, Jojo Joker is number eight for me, too. I also have Joker at eight. Seven. The Irishman, mm. which was the big surprise of the year for me. And again... Like when we were like reflecting on this, like I, I, I feel like I was almost hard on the Irishman, but I also think it's a great movie. Yeah, and I love it. I want it said that we're Maddie and I did not confer 
no, on this I've at all. We don't. We you oh, get no. a Do you have the same thing? Mine is also the Irish. Should I change? <laughs> I don't know. I'm um, like curious where we're going to diverge. Right, the Irish is my number one now. <laughs> uh, mine's 1917. Hmm. Hmm. Number six. Marriage story. Oh my god. Oh no. Shit. We are getting too close. Well, I know my five. Uh, well, okay. My six is also marriage story. My six is Ford versus Ferrari. And for me, that's where there's a big line drawn. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Imagine that. That's five. Interesting. Go ahead. Joker, Joker, Rabbit. No! Oh, no. If Megan, I was going to be the exact same, I'm going to be It's going to be really lame. Megan, this is JoJo. My number five is Marriage Story. And the oh, podcast. no. Four. My fourth favorite movie of the year? I, I, I got to think this is where we're going to today. I have to. I have this to. This is going to be it. Little Women. Okay. Thank God. Thank, uh, God. thank God. And my it's num- a great movie. I really like Little Women. My number four is 1917. Uh, my number four, which will be surprising to a lot of people that have listened to the podcast um, on rewatch, is The Irishman. Interesting. The old Irishman. Hi. Oh, Jimmy Hoffa. Wait a minute, wait a minute. gold from the labor union. <laughs> Maybe you guys have Irishman so high because I'm not sure you actually watched it. Did, <laughs> oh, did you watch, oh, that was a line, Did right? you watch <laughs> Darby <laughs> O'Gillis and think you're watching The Irishman? <laughs> um, Matty, you're number three. Uh, my number three, 1917. Mm-hmm. Thank God. One, or as I usually call it, 1,917. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meg. My number three is Little Women. As is mine. That still makes us way too close, Meg. I know. Because I know your top two are. <laughs> uh, Maddie, number two. Maybe you not. Know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Megan. Parasite. Oh, okay. My number two. We're individual. And this was, this was a real battle between these two. Um, is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's correct. Which makes Maddie's number one, Parasite, Parasite. Megan's number one, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and my number one, Parasite. Parasite. Um, yeah, for me, it was a really, uh, I think ultimately, I made the decision Parasite over Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of what Maddie talked about, sort of the right now social issue aspect of it. I of understand it. that. I yeah. understand that. So I'm if, just if I would, for... if I was picking the Oscar simply for that reason, I'd be like, well, Parasite brings this thing now. Whereas I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an incredible movie, um, and would have, I think, almost almost any year, I'd be like, that's the best movie of the year. So I just want it to be said again. Looking back over these, like. Uh, I feel good about my my rankings, but um, these are all good movies. Like yeah. I truly did enjoy yeah. all of these movies. Yeah. Interestingly enough, this year, and maybe you—I don't know if you feel the same way—but this has felt like a weird year for movies because I actually really liked all the Best Picture nominees. But mm-hmm. then I was trying to think because we're going to talk now about like our general top five of the year. Yeah, well, we were going to do top five that weren't nominated. That weren't. Oh, the, we really we were. Yeah, that's oh. what I told you. Oh, is that what you told me? I was not. Handed this information. Oh boy! But I can. Oh, I can but because, I'll do, I can do well, it on the fly. Well, I I had kind of said like I thought maybe we should do top five that weren't nominated just because I knew probably all of us would have like mm-hmm. once by the time and three or three yeah. or f- four movies. Like like, like wish, my top five of the year. Information. Honestly, my time. top five of the year are probably my top four and one other movie. So that's why I thought we would do. Okay. Something. All right. Actually, you know different. what? I can do it. I can do it. I can Great. do it. Because I've had other stuff floating around. 
Um, well, I will go ahead and do mine while you guys are figuring it out. Wait, are we going to? Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead. So these are the ones that were not nominated for Best Picture. Um, my number five would be The Farewell, which I know was not um, Megan's favorite of the year. She felt a little disappointed in that I one. think it was overhyped for me, Yeah, that movie. And, and there was fine. another one that yeah. I saw that I was like, that was overhyped. Um, what movie was that? My non-nominated number four would be Uncut Gems. Number three... Which, you know what, I went back and rewatched. I rewatched all of them except Uncut Gems just because I didn't get a chance to go back to the theater, but the other four um, are streaming now. Number three, I went back and rewatched it. You know what? Fucking Endgame worked for me again. So I don't care. <laughs> it's good. It, okay. was a good. it was a good ending of that series. Okay. Fuck you, Vulture. Worst movie of the decade, <laughs> dumbasses. Right. I mean, that's... Um, I was just um, at the end. Number two, uh, Her Smell. And which one. I still haven't watched, which I really do. I tried yeah. to watch the other day, and I forgot. I couldn't figure out my HBO Now password, but yeah. I'm going to watch it because I yeah. love Elizabeth yeah. Moss. And number one is Hustlers of the non-nominated Hustlers. films. Of the non-nominated films. Uh, well, I'll let Maddie go first. I'll go last. Okay, I did mine, and I kind of threw together. I actually feel like these would be, at least four of them would be. But I'm going to also, Craig, you might get mad at a couple of these. No, maybe not. All right, but here are my five. I would say, I would say my one and two were Once Upon a Time and... Parasite. Parasite. Parasite, number one. Of Parasite the year. is my yeah. favorite one of yours of the decade, and yeah. it's an all-timer. But, okay, so I guess my five, though, of the non-nominees, five, I would say I just watched this, the movie Shadow, which I did have to go and make I sure that it was, I made sure it was eligible this year, and it was. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a wuxia, yeah. Chinese, um, but the director of Hero, mm-hmm. and House of Flying Daggers, and... I think it's one of the best looking movies I've seen in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it looks it's, it looks it's, amazing. It's shot from, with like a black and white palette yeah. and just the art design. Like oh yeah, the, the everything is decorated yeah. as this black and white. Gray absolutely, absolutely visually, I think it's incredible. And, and I some of the fight stuff I've never seen before. For me, there just was no real yeah. story and there it, that I followed. And it had that so. element. I think that's always like an issue with yeah. those that genre of movie. A lot of times, yeah. like the story is kind of lacking or it's kind of ambiguous and it lives in this historical thing. But that one I just loved and the. And I, like, I put it in like this five, but not my best five because right. it's like the, the things. Yeah, you can get from it. Yeah, like, sure. The umbrellas. Yeah, like, yeah. Sorry, there's stuff, some stuff, cool yeah. stuff you don't see in other movies, and for that, I'd say it's like a notable stands out. Yeah. Um, four, I'd say Queen and Slim, um, which is a movie I liked a lot more than I. I liked it. It's it was it's a, a, it's a romance, and yeah. I think honestly that's the part that like stood out a lot to me. Like, and, and I thought the romance was really well done, and I'm a sucker for a romance. Yeah. And I, that was really great. And Daniel Kaluuya, who I've. Megan knows this. I'm not like as big on him as everyone. I think he's uh-huh. good, but yeah. I'm not like, like some people are like, oh, I love him and everything. Yeah. Like, well, I thought he was incredible in Widows. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you like Widows and I didn't have that. Yeah. I was like, but yeah. I like liked him, but this was one where I was like, oh, he's doing a fantastic job and yeah. he should be the star of movies and yeah. he can carry a movie on his own, even though the, the actress was also good. Yeah. Um, and I thought it also like provided like an interesting, like the African-American perspective on yeah. the story. Like it really... You know, obviously, it was made by African Americans. Yeah, right. So there's personal experiences in there, but I thought it was like unique in a way that, like, I think a lot of times, like, it yeah, it had like the cultural yeah side of it there down versus it, like plus they putting, used Bokeem Woodbine, who I don't know why everyone yes. doesn't always use yeah. Bokeem Woodbine and um, everything. But yeah, but I saw and I saw kind of later on. I don't know if it was just when I saw it or because like it because like the there wasn't a ton of buzz about it at the point yeah. where I saw it, and so don't know if I was expecting it. But I like really, really. It just, I thought it was really It effective. hit me, yeah. I think there's a lot of great stuff in it. For me, it was like 25 minutes too long. And there were like very obvious things that I felt like could be cut. Like yeah. there's that scene where they stop on the side of the road and ride a horse that I was like, I feel like you only put this in to do that one, that great line about um, 
they're afraid to see a black person on a horse, yeah. like, which you could have also done by them just mm-hmm. driving by a horse. Like yeah. we don't have to randomly have them get on get horses. On horse, yeah. um, there was just like a lot of fat on that movie, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I'm excited to see what she does next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then my number three, I'd say Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. This is a funny movie of like, I just, I just, it was great. It did exactly what it wanted to do. Yeah. But at the same time, it just never let up. And I, that's why it's not like, it wasn't like higher in general. Yeah. Like including, it wouldn't have been if I was including Best Picture nominees. Cause it just, I need a break sometimes. Right. Yeah. Like I don't love necessarily a thing. And also that movie's very funny because the last act is just a basketball game. Uh-huh. It's a big basketball game. Our basketball fan, I watched that and people are like, oh, it's so tense like and all that stuff. And I'm like, you should watch basketball <laughs> oh, sometime. Because it literally just is like... Hey, do you know you can do that just, hundreds yeah, of times a year? It literally just to? takes a game and it's like, the excitement is like, we're watching this game. Go Clips. No. And, Go um, Clips. And that was fun. And also Kevin Garnett was shockingly good in it, I'd say. Because yeah, basketball <laughs> actors are dangerous. Yeah. Okay, then my number two, and this is, I don't know, Craig, so you're mad at me for this one. But this is this was number five, honestly, of my list when I was including Best Picture nominees. And part of it is because I want more of this kind of movie is Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> I'm not going to be I, mad at you. I, I like to, I mean, again, it's a James, Cam- it's a James Cameron produced film, Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez. So the script scene is, all, like the dialogue is fucking terrible. I don't but know that it's vis- that bad. It's really bad. But visually, I think they're just talking about I, I honestly think, we were talking about snubs earlier, for me, Alita Battle Angel not being in visual effects is yes. one of the top and snubs I, of the I year. And that one I think is a huge, like yeah. I, and I just think it's kind of like, I know, and Robert Rodriguez talked about this going in, like he wanted to make like a big blockbustery movie yeah. that we don't really see that type anymore. And aside from, you know, Marvel's. Yeah. We don't really get like all the action stuff movies. in the movie and is it incredible. Was so fun, yeah. yeah. And just when like Christoph Waltz busts out like a giant hammer and is fighting yeah. like a giant dude, it's really really fun. And I just yeah. loved it. And I want more of that type of movie. And I honestly think her eyes could have been bigger. <laughs> I was watching and I was like, why did they shrink those eyes? They're not big enough. Um, but the effects are just awesome. And it's just like I think it, yeah, it kind of got lost. And I think it's worth watching. And people should, yeah. if you want just like a fun blockbuster popcorny movie, Robert Rodriguez is fantastic at that yeah like he knows how to make something fun um and yeah and so it just i i like unapologetically like had it as like my fifth favorite movie of the year because when i was looking back i was like i want to watch that again i think like the things it does aren't the things that awards movies do right but it does the things movies do really yeah. well um yeah. and i just yeah i just think it was really cool and by the end, like so many, in, like a worst director's hands, you would not care about like the last like race and stuff like yeah. that. In the action sequence, it would feel like something you'd seen already in the same movie a bunch of times. But it just kind of like mixes it up, and it's exciting and just constantly there's different like characters and designs that you just don't see. Yeah. And, and I'm and that's why like compared to like I know you love Endgame, but I just even as someone who's like read comic books forever, I just feel like there's like, I just feel like that I've seen all those characters so many times before right. and it's not giving me anything new other than like, okay, well now they're on, now they're together at the same time. Right. Whereas like Alita was just like things I hadn't seen. Yeah. I mean, obviously based on the source material manga that I hadn't read. Right. Um, and now I've read it. Um, and I think it does like a great, and now I've read and it. Now I've read it. I did read it after. Um, and I think the movie does a great job. Yeah. Um, and so just, I, yeah, I don't want to lose that one. Um, and that was that would be like my second favorite movie of the year, I guess, if I'm not including Best Picture nominees. But my favorite movie of the year, that's not a Best Picture nominee. I get the, the, the Megan, guess it. Killing me. I have literally no idea. All right, um, we watched the other night. It's Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, okay. And this was number three on my all on my list after Once Upon a Time in Hollywood of including Best Picture nominees. Um, I think. Other than 1917, it competes for most beautiful movie of the year sure. with incredible imagery. 
um, both from the and I think both from the director and from the cinematography, um, both the setup and the look of it. Um, I think it just was a really good, interesting movie. Again, yeah. it's like a period piece, and it deals with certain things we've seen before. I, it's French. Um, it's very, <laughs> very French. Um, C'est la plus belle langue dans le monde. But I just and like I don't know. I guess like I don't know. Like I mean, the performances are great. Oh, ouais. like Je slow movie, which is kind of the sort of thing I like when we're being quiet for a long time. But I think I don't know. I think what kind of set it a little bit apart from a lot of the movies. Like when I say it, it plays on you know female repression and, and right. social obligation and stuff like that. The nice thing I think it did, or nice is not the right word, but uh, the good, the great thing it did was that it, it just has its most. There's barely any men in it. They barely even show up. Yep. And so oh, when what? it comes, especially to the main two characters, you don't see like the husband she's supposed to marry. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so like that's just a presence looming over their heads, and they're C'est obligated to kind of bow down to it. Yeah. And that's almost more effective like in showing the, the way. Father and class menagerie. Moss yeah. <laughs> 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 sticks. Um, Deck Carol, Deck Carol, Deck Carol. But it just, oh yeah, but it's just so like you don't, so it's just that looming I'm presence and you see like kind of how the obligation is like programmed into your brain. Like even right. in this like powerful female character, she still feels like, oh, I have to do this. Yeah. And it's not like we see the man coming in and being like, we're going to get married. <laughs> yeah. okay, but I'm just saying, it's but just that showing, would be what he's it's just showing like. how those forces are not, they're not like, it's not just external. It's like yeah. an internal yeah. struggle. Yeah. Anyway. Meg? Uh, my number five is Crawl. Guys, uh-huh. go see Crawl. Crawl is it's great. a fucking blast. Yeah. Love that movie. Fun movie, yeah. Uh, number four is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm-hmm. I wish I looked like either of them, and I wish I was more fluent in French. And yeah. it's, a be- it's a great, beautiful movie. Uh, number three is Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. I had a blast watching that. Yeah. Number two is Book Smart, mm-hmm. which we, is my... Is my ladybird, right. is my... It, whatever. I, I really identified with uh, B- Beanie Feldstein. Mm-hmm. She's fucking great. Yep. Can't wait to see what she does next. And number one, Hustlers. Hustlers. I rewatched, I told you this, I rewatched yep. a, a bunch of scenes on the plane and I was like, fuck, man. This is a good fucking movie. What's your name? <laughs> what's your name? No, he, yeah, yeah, what's your name? Usher, baby. The best. Fucking, just a if delight. Just, if you're having a bad day and you just want to smile, just throw on just that watch, scene. Just watch just that scene. Yeah. I want to make love in this club. Um... In terms of the Oscars, just real quick, uh, best actor, Joaquin Leo. Phoenix is expected to win. Who who would be your choice of the nominees? It's Leo, Jonathan Price, Adam Driver, Joaquin, and um, um, I'd honestly say Antonio Banderas. Honestly, I would go. I haven't seen Pain and Glory. I haven't seen um, Pain and Glory. Yeah, I wish I. Uh, I'd honestly go with Adam Driver. I think he did a great job in that movie, yeah. and it was, you know, he made a, you know. It very compelling and interesting, and also he didn't, you know, and also he was both a bad guy and a good guy in that yeah. movie. But then Leonardo DiCaprio, like, also, yeah, I put like very close behind him. Yeah, I think I would choose Leo, but then Driver would be right there. Honestly, I, after I think maybe I like all four of those performances better than Joaquin Phoenix after rewatching Joker. Um, I think Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. I want yeah. him to have an Oscar, but not necessarily for this role. Yeah, yeah, um, but. That's always true of the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, for Heron Vice would have been a great thing for him to win for. <laughs> well, I think well, I, I even I rewatched her. He wasn't even nominated for that. I was like, that would have been oh, a good really? thing yeah, for him to nominate. Quieter performance. Yeah. Um, for best actress, uh, Renee Zellweger is expected to win for Judy. Um, Snoozer of a movie. Sorry to uh, say, she's nominated against Saoirse Ronan, Scarlett Johansson. Um, who uh, who are the other nominees? 
I don't know. I think uh, Alita. Oh, Charlize Alita? Theron. Oh. oh. Yeah, and Alita, Rosa Salazar is Alita <laughs> <laughs> Is it a, uh, wait, no, it's uh, Harriet. Uh, yes, Cynthia Erivo. Cynthia Erivo. Yeah. Um, I would probably go with um, Saoirse, mm-hmm. I think. I didn't love... I didn't love any of. I mean, Megan Kelly. The I mean, the 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 Charlize Theron just impersonating Megan Kelly is yeah. impressive. But yeah. for me, I never am like as into like just impersonations. Yeah. Um, I didn't finish Harriet. I I that movie was like a little bit of a letdown. She's for good me. in it. She's it's good. not a great movie. No. Um, I I I mean, Scarlett Johansson. I, I would either give it probably to Scarlett Johansson or uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I honestly, this I think I think I would give it to Saoirse because I like that movie the most. Right. But she is, Renee Zellweger is incredible in Judy. She yeah. already has an Oscar and this movie is a snooze fest. Yeah. But, uh, and also a bummer. Yeah. Way more of a bummer than Marriage Story. Yeah. So. You won't forget me, will you, boy? Yeah. I mean, and that's great. She's great. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not mad. She wins. She has a super thick Texas accent now. It's like when I go back what home. Did she that? always have that well, accent? Well, she's from, like, Katie. She's from outside of, from the suburbs of Houston, but it is weird because but it is similar now to like, if I go back home and I run into someone from school that I'm like, maybe their accent was always that thick. I just didn't notice it when I was growing up because I was so used to the accents. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely either no. is turning it on for the awards race or, you know, she stopped acting for a few years and I think she just moved back to Texas and maybe she... like that though. Well, people when they go home do readapt yeah, accents. Yeah, that's true. You know, no. My mom, like, I just think it would be like, you're from, you more. wouldn't know because no, no, you're no, no, from no, no, a place no, no, no. that doesn't, doesn't have an have accent. accent. As somebody no. even from a place that has an accent, you've seen my but mother it'd be get the same thing. But it'd be, But even that's not as like sharp, but it'd be like, Craig, if you... Like no, I would find it unacceptable if you like would no, I know what you're for, saying. Like, it would be years, weird, but and it if you could just happen. showed up and you were like, "Hey, thank y'all for doing this," it'd like, be fucking I, weird. But I could definitely <laughs> slip out. I can see myself slipping back in. I also sure. just don't believe that she's she's Renee Zellweger. There's no way she wouldn't. I, like, yeah, I think like she. I think it's a little. Megan's mom going home is a different thing from Renee Zellweger, who's like a super millionaire <laughs> travels. I, th- the, I think like, it's I, a. I think it's a, a little bit of a put on. Uh, yeah, it feels well, very down home. Too. Yeah. Like I like, think whatever. she's. Yeah, I think I would. Cho- I think I would choose Saoirse for the same reason. I like the m- movie a little bit better, but also because I just like Saoirse Ronan better as a person. Me too. Saoirse Ronan's great. I love Saoirse Ronan. I've yeah. loved her since. But I think I think either Elizabeth Moss or Lupita Nyong'o both gave drastically better performances than any of these five nominees. I agree with one of those. Do you have any other thoughts on? Well, even if you didn't like the movie, I think you have to say that Lupita Nyong'o's incredible in in us. In us. Oh, I'd say she's. Awful. I'd say one of the worst performances of the year. Oh, you're her, a her performance idiot. as the weird <laughs> as the clone is like distractingly. It's very distracting. Nah, you guys are wrong. Mm. Um, oh. And then uh, best director, I think we all said Bong director Bong. Yeah. Bong Joon. Bong Joon. I love it to be Bong Joon. I love it to be Bong Joon. Before we wrap up, um, guys, do you have a favorite movie of 2020? I don't think I, I was thinking about this. Oh, I do want to say honorable mention best movie of last year to Cats. Uh, I guess. Do we see that in 2020 or do we see it? No, I think we said, no, that was the last movie. movie, The last movie movie that I saw of 2019 was Cats. And And I think that's the last movie that I saw in theaters. So I haven't seen anything, but I do want to say, I I don't know. I think we've said this already on the podcast, like go see Cats before it's out of theaters. It's very enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, I I, I don't have a, that's, that's the last movie I saw. Yeah. Yeah. Cats is great. I don't think I've seen anything (laughs) this year. I've still been. Uh, My favorite movie so far of this year is Bad Boys for Life. Oh. <laughs> is it good though, or is it just? By it's default? enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I've seen four movies now. Did you see Underwater yet? I did. 
Oh, I was going to do this real quick just because I thought it was interesting. For my 2019, I wrote down my, uh, this is the order of my number ones. So like starting with like the first movie I saw of the year, like it went through. So uh, the first best movie I saw of the year was Escape Room because it was the first movie I saw in 2019. (laughs) Then The Upside, Velvet Buzzsaw, The Lego Movie 2, the second part, High Flying Bird. Alita Battle Angel. I would say I almost put High Flying Bird in my top five. Nine. I don't think that movie really, really works. Liked it a lot. Captain Marvel, Us, Avengers Endgame, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Parasite. Oh, interesting. Mm. They got drastically better. Yeah. Um, but yes, I saw Underwater and it is um, fine. It's the few, one of the rare movies I've ever seen that I was like, needed more exposition. Hmm. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Um, Not as good as Carl. I also saw maybe the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life Doolittle. <laughs> I that I'm gonna tell you something right now. That trailer upsets me. Yeah, it the it's so the trailer is so bad. There's a moment where Kumail Nanjiani as a I don't know what animal he is. He's uh, an ostrich. He says, "There's a dragon." That's and actually I'm not, like, and that's not even in the movie. Wow. I would say it's definitely the worst edited film I've ever seen, <laughs> but I don't want to like blame the editor because it oh. very much watching it seems like they How threw like together three and a half hours of footage and was like, we need a hundred minute movie out of this. So why um, is he, why RDJ? What's, what's doing? I don't know. He's dubbed the entire movie. Mm. Um, so Mm. people assumed that he was doing some accent and then they decided to do a different one. And by that time they'd shot most of his stuff Mm. and he's doing like this mixture of like Scottish and Patois. Mm. Um, that's really terrible. Um, the movie, as you might have read, sorry, spoilers for Doolittle, um, ends with him pulling a bagpipe out of the dragon's ass. That's uh, literally the end of I basically the end that. of the I film, so that. he can get to um, this like special tree that has a fruit that he can save the Queen of England. Well, I'm actually going to ask you to maybe just like <laughs> let's cool it Whoa. on. I wow, wowza, wowza. I don't yeah. remember that from the Rex Harrison. Yeah. Well, things change. Ah, um, well, we will be back uh, in a few weeks uh, doing Tom Hanks Part 2, second half of Tommy's career. And then much to Megan's uh, anger, um, so I have basically finished gathering all the nominees from the 1960s, I baby. You. I hate you. There's some long ass. You know Cleopatra is four hours long? <laughs> I'm not watching that. I'm not. You have to as a nominee. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, so thanks for listening. Maddie, is there anything you like to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm doing a podcast. I'm starting up a podcast. We'll see how that goes. Um, it's called Liquid Bread. It's about beer. It's about me, um, my buddy Larry Bates, um, an actor. And, uh, who's been on the podcast. And, and yep. he's been on the podcast. And, Friend of the pod. And uh, his brother-in-law is this guy, Rich Higgins, who's a be- master Cicerone, which is like a, is the highest level of like a sommelier for beer. Um, and so it's just going to be really fun, casual conversations about beer. He's super good at like kind of dissecting things for like more casual, like it's not going to be super technical, but it's kind of thing of like, oh, these are little tidbits you can know. So like things to pass on at parties and knowledge and stuff like that. But also just like if you want, if you're at a restaurant, you want to know what to expect when you're ordering a beer, um, kind of the information behind it. And there's also just a lot of fun, cool stories about beer. Yeah. Um, and Megan and I will be on the tail end of every episode where we'll taste mm-hmm. the beer they're talking about and we'll be like, that's pretty good. <laughs> That's my take on almost every beer I've ever... Like, Maddie's all like, do you taste the flavor? Yeah, that's good. It's good. Yeah. We'll be like... No, you like some This one? This one? This one's good? Yeah. I like it. I like it. Uh, Meg, anything to plug? Uh, I don't think so. Follow me on uh, Instagram, Murphy, Megan. I'm going to be on Single Parents again at some point. 
but I don't know when. So maybe just watch the show so it doesn't get canceled before my my episode airs. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Oscar Should, on Instagram or Facebook at the Oscar Should Have Gone To. Please rate and review us on the old iTunes if you like what you're listening to. Uh, recommend us to a friend. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. We'll talk to you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good time.